Welcome back, everybody, to Pop Pop the Pop Culture Podcast. I'm the LA nerd Joel Reeves, and with me, as always, is Taylor Stanley. Hey, yo, how's it going, everybody? And Lauren Sperling. Hi, friends. We're going to get to this in the what we've been watching portion, but I've seen Sebastian Stan's penis. Oh. It's not really his penis, it's but a we'll get there. Yeah. It's a prosthetic. <laughs> yeah. But we'll get there. That's a little enticing, uh, you know, a little bit of breadcrumbs for yeah, you yeah. to stay to the end, if you will. Joel, do you know who else uh, whipped out the big D since the last time we talked? Oh, that's going to be the Rams. Mm, indeed. Rams <laughs> won the, the big D being the defense. Yes. Uh, the Rams it. won the motherfucking Super Bowl. Yep. Uh, I feel like the last time we talked, I was excited that they were in it. Yeah. And now mm-hmm. I'm excited that they won. Yeah. I, I feel like the game itself gave you a few heart attacks there, right? A little bit. A little yeah. bit. A little, little stress uh, and tension, but they came through, you yeah. know, happy for happy for everybody involved, you know, especially Aaron Donald, Matt Stafford, uh, freaking staff, uh, Sean McVay, st- you know, staff daddy. I think I think he became the youngest coach to ever win Super Bowl, if I'm not mistaken. I, I think so. I yeah, think he's so, 36 yeah. years old and the dude's like a prodigy, you know, so. Jeez. Yeah. Um, that so question good time is, for cup connection cannot be challenged, my man. Yeah. The real question is, did you manage to sneak in, Joel? <laughs> Uh, no, I just went to a bar and watched it. Good job. Yeah, didn't want to risk. Didn't want to risk failing. And jail. Then, <laughs> yeah. Jail. I'm not too worried about. Honestly, I didn't want to miss the game. I know. I was. I was sad. I couldn't go, but my brother did get to go, so he brought me back a program, which was cool. Nice. Oh, yeah, nice. That was nice of him. But um. But yeah, I, yeah. I really enjoyed the halftime show as well, which was pretty dope. It was pretty funny seeing all the memes that came out of Fifty Cent hanging upside down. Afterwards. Our bar was very loud, so I didn't get to hear. <laughs> Any of the halftime, I could I could barely hear the game while it was happening. Honestly, yeah, yeah it's, wow. it's basically all the hits. You know what I mean? Nothing yeah. surprising, but uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. Was it? Uh, it's your birthday. We're gonna party like course, it's dude. your birthday. No, obviously, in, in the club. Hell yeah, yeah, in the club. <laughs> in the club. Uh, one of my favorite jokes, though, I think I sent you guys this in the text too, where somebody was like, "Oh, Fifty Cent looking more like seventy five cents these days because he's clearly like gained some weight." And I, I just thought that was funny. I think that's mean. I think it's yeah. fine. Nobody's making fun of him for being fat. It's just like you know, he's older now. It's not like the twenty year old Fifty is, Cent that we that we remember from our minds, you know. Um. So yeah. Uh. But beyond that. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I, uh, look, the offense played great, but it was the very end of the game where Aaron Donald made a sack, and the game wasn't even over yet. But that was, he you, he was pointing at his finger like, "Where's that <laughs> ring, baby?" Because that was yeah. the end. That was he the end. It. He finally got it. Uh, speaking of the end, the opposite of the end is the beginning, and that's the beginning of the podcast. Taylor, roll me those sweet smooth jams. Wooka wooka. If you want to hear how to properly uh, segue something, let's go to Lauren with the news. <laughs> oh, man. Here we go. Here's the news jingle. What you got for us today, Lauren? Cool. So uh, we'll see if I can if I can connect these as smoothly as, as in past <laughs> news updates. But Tough one. Um, first... 
we found out that apparently MoviePass is coming back from the dead. Yo, you know I love a good zombie story. Oh, man. It's movie <laughs> passes back and worse than ever is more like it. Coming to eat our brains and our eyeballs. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah this, it's, a, it's, a, it's a bit strange, one, that they're coming back in general. Did you guys, because you guys both had movie pass before, right? Indeed. Oh, yeah. We have Did you get the email about it? No, I didn't actually. Yeah, so that's the weird thing. It's like some people have gotten emails about it and some people haven't. And it was yeah. like kind of cryptic at first. But mm-hmm. now they've released a little bit more information, I guess, that like you have to now watch videos to earn points to use your pass or something like that. So dumb. Yeah, so basically, uh, you know, the the CEO, they came out and they did like a, you know, kind of a press conference kind of thing. Um and, you know, the, one of the former co-founders, I guess, kind of was able to get the company out of bankruptcy. And basically, they realized that the $10 a month subscription model that they had before is not really sustainable. So they're trying to move say. to something that's <laughs> a little bit uh, a little bit more different um, and also scary as hell, uh, yeah. which basically the main model they're looking to do is have people watch trailers those trailers give you a certain amount of credits and then you can eventually redeem those credits for movie tickets. Um, so do you still have to pay for it though? Or you just pay by watching? I'm not 100% sure about that, but I still mm. believe, uh, I still believe there's going to be some sort of base like subscription fee. You know what I mean? There's um, no way I'm paying to watch trailers. Yeah, that, that's yeah, the thing. Yeah, this doesn't make though. a lot of it's, sense. It's, it's, I, that's what I'm not sure about. I'm trying to trying to f- find out exactly. Uh, it apparently has a tiered pricing plan. It says right here. Uh, oh, weird. I'm trying to find the details on this real quick. Um, yeah. So, look, it's it's definitely like. Uh, hold on, sorry. I'm not seeing anything here, but you know, it's it's problematic because. Uh, Basically, what they are going to do is they're going to be tracking people's eyeballs using, you know, the facial capture technology on your phone or whatever uh, to make sure that you're actually watching the trailers, Um, which for me is basically like that. I think it's actually the first episode of Black Mirror, the one with Daniel Kaluuya, where it's like it's constant advertising all the time. And it just feels like something straight out of Black Mirror. So I don't know. Scary stuff. I'd rather do. Pay twenty three dollars a month for a list. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. It's it. That's very strange. Like, n- not only especially if you have to pay for it, but the eye tracking thing is like too much. It's too much of an invasion of privacy, and like this whole I don't know. I, I don't think MoviePass has a very good business scheme once again. So yeah, no, they yeah, did it's, not it's learn. Terrible. <laughs> yeah. Um, What's the Adam Sandler? It's not an Adam Sandler movie, but it's all, but it's, it's with all the Adam Sandler crew and Jonah Hill's in it. And he like paints his eyes so he could like sleep while his, ah, what's that movie? Oh gosh. They like, they like shoot Bigfoot at the end of it. Do you remember? Oh geez. Shoot Bigfoot. I don't know. Damn it. Never mind then. But there's a scene <laughs> at the end where like Jonah Hill is like, he like paints eyes on his, on, on his eyelids so he can like t- take a nap. That's, that's just what I'm imagining I can do with this uh, new movie pass plan. Yeah. Well, you know what also might work is something like you might be able to pull a little Star Trek 
here and yeah. use like a hologram or something. Nice. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, and also not use MoviePass to go see our next piece of news, which is that we're getting a new Star Trek movie. Yeah. yeah. Paramount, baby, just announcing movies before the cast even knows, apparently. <laughs> Good stuff. But yeah, I mean, Paramount did like this big, um, this big presentation. I think it was last week. Um, and they announced like they're basically their slate. It was kind of like a, like an investor thing, I think, where they kind of yeah, showcased a lot of their upcoming upcoming projects and uh and one of those projects was this kind of a surprise new star trek movie and the uh the history of this is actually really interesting i don't know if you guys remember i think it was about four maybe five years ago when they were trying to get chris pine and chris hemsworth to come back for like the four star mm-hmm. trek and apparently negotiations break broke down because uh like they were just command you know their salaries had increased so much by that point um that it didn't work out and then I believe as Noah Hawley came in to uh, do another version and what he was going to do was just basically another reboot. Like they weren't going to bring the original cast back and just essentially start fresh. Uh, And then eventually I think there was a script written and like they were going into pre-production, all that stuff. And then the leadership at Paramount changed, which is the current leadership. And they basically like, we're going to put a pause on everything like, Mm -hmm. and then that kind of died. And then now we have this new, new, new version of the movie you which knew. uh which is apparently slated for a 2023 release like late 2023 i would imagine but um yeah and for the same cast too yeah be coming back exactly and, and that's the idea is they want to bring back the um what is it the kelvin timeline cast i believe it is what is what they call it um no, so yeah i mean it's exciting name? what's that where did that name come from it's because the uh the you know the opening scene of the 2009 Star Trek it's USS Kelvin, mm-hmm. or um, oh yeah yeah so because yeah. that's where the time travel insurrection point happens it makes everything right, different right. from the original and so that's why they called it Kelvin timeline. Um, point being is that I'm excited for this because I love those movies and I think that especially that 2009 the JB the J, first JJ Abrams film mm-hmm. uh, is one of my favorite like sci-fi action blockbusters of probably the last 20 years you know so for me yeah. uh, that movie has a very special place in my heart and um so yeah i'm excited for that uh, what i'm not excited for is that they can't bring anton yelchin back because <laughs> like recasting Chekhov is is going to be very difficult you know even if well, they might not said even that they won't yeah like just i mean obviously that could change but they, they have not. come out when he passed they did come out and say they would not re- replace him at all so but yeah. it'll be it'll be very bittersweet for that reason because I agree with you, Taylor. Like I love, I, I don't, I'm not a huge Chucky, but I personally enjoy this series, this franchise for the most part, yeah. um, or this part of the franchise. Um, but obviously, like you said, without Anton, it it will be a different feel completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like maybe just move past Chekhov and <clears throat> and kind of go in a different direction in terms of you know uh, that yeah, sort totally. of character archetype, if you will. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I'm excited for this, um, you know. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say, I just, you know, as we mentioned as well, like apparently it came out after they announced the movie that um, that the cast members weren't even aware of this, yeah. apparently. So That's I weird. found that kind of interesting, <laughs> um, you know, just announcing movies before they have deals locked down and stuff. But apparently they are, you know, aggressively working on those deals. And, you know, obviously it starts with uh, with Chris Pine. 
Um, yeah, I would say it's the James so. Bond effect. Like uh, they're like, yeah, we didn't tell anybody because we're just gonna dump money at their feet, and they're yeah. not gonna say no. Yeah, they're gonna pay fifty million a piece for each of these actors yeah, to come back. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, the cast is stacked. You know, I'm uh, I'm t- like I think it's no secret I'm much more of a Star Wars fan, but I do like the. You know, I do like Star Trek: The Next Generation. I do like these these films. Uh, I think the cast is really good. So, uh, yeah. bring it, br- bring them back. I would rather see more of these characters in this cast than like have another another fucking reboot. Yeah, totally. So pay them whatever they need to do it. <laughs> do it. Well, speaking of reboots, um, something that kind of is in a desperate need of a reboot, I think, is the Oscars, which are coming oh, up this weekend, oh, if I'm not mistaken. Indeed. On uh, my birthday, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, so, I thought it was I thought it was towards the end of March. Oh, I don't know. Why did I, I think yeah, I'm, I'm why pretty did they sure think someone say it was this week someone said it was this weekend? I'm pretty sure it's not this weekend. Well, I, I thought it was mid March sometime. I don't know. maybe I'm wrong. But either way we're a pop culture podcast, but I Stopped caring about the Oscars all very long yeah. time ago. That's yeah, that's true. Exactly. Um, um, yeah, you know they they so obviously since the last time we recorded, uh, they announced the the best picture, all the nominations, but the best picture nominations in general. And this is actually one of those uh, rare years where we got ten best picture nominees. Yeah. Um, so I'm just gonna go ahead and rattle them off here. Uh, you have Drive My Car, Nightmare Alley, Don't Look Up, Dune, Belfast, Licorice Pizza. Power of the Dog, uh, Spielberg's West Side Story, uh, King Richard, and a movie called Coda, which I've heard is actually really great. My mom actually mm-hmm. watched that movie, and she was like, you "Really?" To, she was like, "You need to check this out." And I'm like, "Wow, I'm surprised." Um, but yeah, so we got a pretty good lineup of uh, of Best Picture nominees this year. What do you guys think? Um, or do I you mean- even care? Personally, I've only seen, oh, yeah, you're right. First of all, that it is uh, March 27th. Uh, gotcha. Sorry, not oh, February wow, we are 27th. Um, not way off. One month. A month. Just a little bit. But it's the 27th, which is also a Sunday, so it's fine. Yeah, yeah but that's um, not my birthday. I know, but it's almost, it's basically Taylor's birthday, so. Yeah. Pretty close. <laughs> um. Anyway, I have only seen, I think, three of those Best Picture nominations so far, and I don't know why any of them were nominated for Best Picture. Which so ones have you seen? That's how I that how I feel about that. Uh, don't Look Up, mm. Nightmare Alley, mm-hmm. and... Dune. What was the other one? Dune. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think for me, I've seen... Let me see here. One, two, three, four. I've seen four of them... Uh, and that's only because like licorice pizza, Belfast are still in theaters and um, haven't hit VOD yet. But uh, yeah. and West Side Story is going to be hitting um, streaming, I think, next week. So cool. Um, but I've also heard Drive My Car is really excellent <laughs> as well. Like people are saying that one has a chance to win. Uh, but for me, I think the favorite right now is definitely Power of the Dog. Power which, of the Dog. Yeah, yeah. which yeah, is something that we will for sure talk about later. Um, I. I can't remember if we've podcasted since I watched it Belfast. Um, yes, you talked about it last time. Yeah, yeah I, I really so. I really enjoyed it. I don't think it's going to win Best Picture. I don't think Licorice Pizza is going to win Best Picture. Um, I don't know. You know, I I haven't seen all of the other ones. I, I don't know if I... I don't know if I think Power of the Dog deserves to win, but I think it's going to win. I, mm. I, I think it does. 
especially yeah. because it it feels like very Hollywood, like something the Oscars love to to like you know appreciate. <laughs> Um, also yeah. a female director, you know, yeah. um, who's like, and I don't want to say it's her swan song, but it's definitely like, you know, uh, Jane Campion's uh, moment, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. And also the only woman to ever be nominated twice for best director, by the way. Really? Um, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So I mean, cool for her. Not cool that that is a statistic. Yeah, so, yeah. But. No, it's, exactly. <laughs> um, and you know who hated this movie, though. What's that? I said, you know who absolutely hated this movie, though? So I went in with a weird perception of it. What Jeff the Ian Snyder Snyder, bro. Oh, God. His take, was, his, his take was fucking terrible, dude. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I don't see what I, I like. After watching it, I went, I don't really understand why you fucking hated this movie so much. Yeah. Well, it's he just he's the type of person that likes to bag on movies that he doesn't like. So, yeah. Which we, you know, I guess everybody does that, but he like takes it to the extreme. Uh, so yeah, I mean, look, I, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but uh, I do want to discuss with you guys really quick the Oscars' recent decision to basically um, pull some of the categories from from air. So certain categories will no longer be shown on the broadcast; they'll be announced, I think, beforehand. Yeah, uh, I feel like they recently like did this to other categories as well, right? Like in the last I, couple of years. I think maybe they've if, always done it to some degree. Yeah. yeah. Um, more of the cre- creative, I guess, yeah. or technical. Yeah. I guess actually the te- technical Oscars. It's really is what it the is. technical Oscars um, that, that are getting shafted. But now they've pulled even more of those out of the broadcast. Yeah. I guess for sake of brevity, but. Knowing the Oscars, it'll still probably be four hours long. Yeah, because they're just going to yeah. replace that with more fucking pageantry. Yeah, exactly. And it's like I, someone I know said, you know, it's not like they're doing that to make way for new categories like stunts or other things right. like that that also deserve to be recognized and aren't. Yeah. They're just taking them away to take them away. Well, and- what, what they're doing is they're trying to improve the ratings, right? Because the ratings right. for the Oscars <laughs> have slipped, I think, like, pretty much for at least a decade, you know, it's been on yeah. a decline. Yeah. And last year in particular was, was pretty bad, I think. Um, but you know, it's also pandemic and stuff like that. But yeah. point being is that, um, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of changes happening. And, and so I'm just going to go ahead and rattle these off real quick as well. So the, um, the categories that are, that are going off the broadcast are, Best documentary short, best film editing, which it's like really people. What? They're taking yes. like editing? Best yeah. makeup and hairstyling, best original score, best production design, best animated best short. original score? Yeah. Best live action short and best sound, um, which that used to be two categories and they merged it into one last year. And it's like, dude, you guys see, here's the thing. This is basically pissing off a lot of the guilds and unions. Um, yeah. And it's like, I think. You know, as much as it is about, you know, celebrities, people seeing celebrities, you know, on their TV screens and, and, you know, all the sort of pageantry that comes with the Oscars. I think at the end of the day, at least for me, for for, as a from from the perspective of a film buff, like it's cool to see these people get their moment in the limelight. Right. To to get to have their have their day, you know, if you will. And I just think it kind of showcase them off to even more so to people outside of the industry. So everyone realizes that it's not just, you know, Brad Pitt making a movie. (laughs) Right. Yeah. These are real people. Exactly. Um, and 
and yeah, so I find it, it kind of interesting that they're doing that. And, you know, uh, also, uh, I should also be remiss if I didn't mention that um, the Oscars are going to have three hosts this year as well. So that's another significant change. Um, I know it's, uh, what, Amy Schumer, uh, Tiffany Haddish, and Wanda Sykes, I think. I can't oh, wow. remember. I can't remember who the third one is. I, th- I think it's Tiffany Haddish. I'll, I'll, I'll check right now. That sounds ri- about right. Yeah. But, um, but uh, yeah. Uh, oh, no, it's Regina Hall, not. Um, oh, Regina Tiffany Hall. Haddish. Okay. All right. That, uh, Regina Hall, yeah. Amy Schumer, Wanda Sykes. Yeah. Which is awesome combination. But, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out this year. And, you know, whether the broadcast, like you said, is actually going to be shorter. Is it just going to be more bullshit in between, you know? Definitely, yeah. Um, definitely more bullshit. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I thought was interesting that um, somebody mentioned online, uh, a, a workaround to their kind of ratings issues. And it's like, if you're really trying to capture a younger demographic, what you need to do is you just need to stream the show live, like online, you know, yeah. as well yeah. as the broadcast. Like you would gain yeah. so much more viewership that way. You know what I mean? And well, uh, ultimately also, more ad sales, but they also need to actually look and consider all movies and how they're made and the quality that they're made at. Because like, I think you sent this quote from uh, Jimmy Kimmel that says, you're telling me don't look up was better than Spider-Man. It most certainly was not. Even <laughs> if you go by the critics ratings on Rotten Tomatoes, don't look up got a 46% and Spider-Man No Way Home has a 90%. Yeah, which by the way, like, don't look up is the only rotten movie to be nominated for best picture this year. So I think that says something. Well, um, that's good at least, but I also think some of the other ones were rotten and so Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, at least according to the critics, okay? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. But so I think, you know, them snubbing Spider-Man not just for best picture, but for so many of the technical categories as well yeah. that it like it got nominated for one. Uh, yeah, best visual effects, I believe it was. Yeah, which I think is I a don't good think Spider Man. I don't think Spider Man needed to get a best picture nom. Guys. I don't no, think I'm it, not. I'm yeah. not and saying that. That's like that, me being the biggest fucking Spider Man really simp on the planet. I don't think have their finger fully on the pulse still. Like right, it, right. Yeah. they're all very like artsy. Like these are the type of movies that we look at and get nominated. Yeah, yeah. And if you're looking to get more people to watch, you're, you're not because no one's seen these movies mm-hmm. right, outside yeah. of Hollywood elite. So yeah. I, I, I would say like power of the dog is probably the most, just because it's on Netflix and so many people have access yeah. to it, like might be, you know, the most popular don't selection. Look up was also yeah. Don't, don't look up was, was pretty popular yeah. too. But yeah. even that, like it doesn't mean people are going to watch it necessarily. Like, right. Yeah. Power of the dog, from what I can tell, I haven't seen it, but even just from the trailers and the images is more like of an artsy film as is is don't look up in a different way. I don't know. Don't look up. I think is very of the times. It's very much. Yeah. It's a little more of a populist kind of movie. It's it's still a very artsy version of it. True. But it's got like, Leo, right? Jennifer yeah. Lawrence, these like big name right. stars. We're like, not saying that like Benedict Cumberbatch isn't like a movie star, but you know, it's like, sure. I, I think, I think if a layman goes to the movies and they see a poster with fucking Leo and Jennifer Lawrence on oh, it yeah. and Jonah Hill watch that on it, they're going to go watch that than, movie. Yeah. yeah. So like, oh, it's fucking Benedict Cumberbatch and that dude from Breaking Bad. You know, it's like, well, but yeah. I also feel like that's the only reason Don't you Look mean, Up got nominated for Best Picture is because of the cast. You mean it's uh, that yeah. dude from uh, from uh, Game Night or that's that yeah. dude from Jungle Cruise? 
<laughs> the Nazi from Jungle Cruise. Dude, I love him in that movie. <laughs> but uh, look, um, I, I think Black Panther was a really good choice for Best Picture when it came down to it. I think yeah. maybe the only other Marvel movie that ever deserved to get nominated for Best Picture is probably Endgame, just because it's like a culmination of you know, eleven yeah. years of like filmmaking it's and they the happen to tie together like and Return a, of the King, basically. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And yeah. it's like any, and even then, I don't think it was like necessarily story wise best picture worthy, but just like the 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 the, the storytelling achievement, achievement yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 deserved yeah. that. It's but like yeah. a special no achievement award. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and again, I'm not saying it deserves a best picture right. nom necessarily, but it definitely. I'm not saying you. I just like, I've heard people say that before. And for I was sure. Like, yeah. <laughs> Eh, but totally. no, again, I would replace a couple of the ones that actually got nominated with Spider-Man when it comes comes down to it. Like, you know what I'm gonna do is just not so watch the Oscars and then also, read yeah. about who won afterwards and yeah. give a half-assed opinion about it on this podcast. Yeah, sounds about right. Um, also, <laughs> uh, that we it should be noted as well that they're trying to do like a special fan-voted category this year, and I think yeah. that's a reaction oh, that, to yeah. kind of what we're talking yeah. about, where people feel like, you know. Uh, no Way Home uh, got snubbed for some reason yeah. and they want to be able to wreck it. But it's funny, uh, like personally, I feel like something like Malignant would actually be more deserving of that award. Well, just yeah, and again, know, horror never gets another, recognized. <laughs> exactly. That's another yeah. thing that is very, very popular is the horror genre. Yeah. And unless it's Jordan Peele, it doesn't seem to get recognized hardly at all. Yeah. You know, or like Shyamalan. Yeah. Everything, you know? Yep. So. Oh, I was at a wedding give. the other day, and I swear to God, M Night Shyamalan was there. I didn't like, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't approach him. I didn't ask him, but I was like, I, I was like, it, it was kind of dark in the venue, but I was like, I fucking think that's M Night Shyamalan. You guys. <laughs> Just tell him how much you love old. Oh my God! I'd be like, bro, you know what movie slaps, dude? The Sixth Sense. And he's like, that was <laughs> so long ago, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yes, go back to doing that. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you could do that again, that'd be. That'd be great. But um, that's all we have for news. Odds that, hang on. Odds that uh, the Oscars just sort of die out one day. I think I wouldn't be surprised if it went back to not being televised. Really? I think they'll still happen, yeah. but I wouldn't be surprised if it goes back to being untelevised. Yeah. I, I, honestly, I think that like the Oscars are too much of a name to not televise it, but I think that uh-huh. they definitely need to dramatically rethink the approach. And I think, Last year was kind of the first step in that where they kind of did things way differently than they had been done before. And it wasn't really yeah. that successful, but at least they're trying. Um, personally, I would love to see something actually. So I watched uh, before the Super Bowl. I hadn't seen it in a few years, but I sat down to watch the NFL Honors uh, Awards. And uh, okay. they gave they give mm-hmm. out like five or six awards, you know, and it's like a two hour ceremony. And it's very much like the Oscars where uh, Keegan-Michael Key was hosting and he does a whole musical nice. number you know, the first 10 minutes of the show and then they get through to everything. So I think there's like a more modern, refined approach to something like that. It's just about figuring out, you know, what the uh, what the details of that recipe are, so to speak, for success. Yeah. Sure, but yeah. um, yeah, so I, I think we should definitely move on. Um, do you have any thoughts uh, on that, Lauren, before we before we go? No, no, I think. I think I probably dug myself <laughs> yeah. in a deep enough hole of being, <laughs> being anti-Oscars currently. Yeah, but totally, totally. Alrighty, so uh, we got a few trailers today. Um, the first one is... Uh, Morbius. Is, no, well, we got, of course, the <laughs> no, Super Bowl, you know, there's, there's, yeah, we'll be seeing that very soon. 
Uh, of course, the Super Bowl, we always get new trailers. And the first yes. one was, I guess this is the first full trailer, right? For the movie? Yeah. For the Multiverse Cause, of Madness? Yeah, because yeah, we saw the teaser with Spider-Man. So yeah, this is technically this, the first this trailer, This fucking right? sound clip better be the fucking sound clip I think it is. Uh, I'm just going to let it play, bro. From the uh, beginning? I mean, I don't, I didn't, I don't remember. I'm just fucking at, with you. Dude. Just hit play. Where's that, man? <laughs> he knows what I'm talking about, though. I know what you're talking about. Every night, I dream the same dream. Just a little clip. It's not your side. The nightmare uh, begins. Yeah, and then the nightmare begins. But uh, you know, Joel, like well, how? Fuck how, literally everything else in this trailer. Uh, yeah. About three quarters of the way in, Doctor Strange is led into uh, a large uh, uh, HQ looking place. He's brought into a room with six chairs. You see some people sitting in the chairs, and then you hear Sir Patrick Stewart's voice say. We should tell him the truth. And it's like, uh, <laughs> um, again, I was watching the Super Bowl and I couldn't really hear the sound very well, but Rachel was there with me watching the game and you know how excited she is about all, all things on the internet. Um, and uh, she was like, it's fucking Patrick Stewart. And I was like, what are you talking about? And she, she cued the clip up to me and was like, Played it up to my ear. It's Patrick Stewart. So I'm trying to figure out, like, I'm trying to contain my excitement of, like, the Rams, like, winning and, like, the Multiverse of Madness trailer and then, like, fucking Professor X being in the movie. It, it was, it let me tell you, it was a lot of emotions for one, for one drunk man. Uh, I thought you were going to say Rachel got the whole bar to be quiet when the trailer came on. Oh. <laughs> like, shut up, everybody. Joel's watching the Doctor Strange trailer. Imagine. Uh, yeah. No, I wish. Uh, yeah, no, there is there is a lot of really cool shit in this trailer. We see like multiple versions of Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see like variants, um, a lot of uh, Wanda stuff. You can see even her interacting with herself in this trailer. Yeah, you see her um, fighting yeah. some version of Captain Marvel, which I think is not Carol, but I think it's like Monica. I think it's Monica. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. But the big, I think the big thing out of this is that we're going to get some form of uh, an MCU version of the Illuminati, mm. um, which is a huge thing in the Marvel comic books. It's basically what the name implies. It's the Illuminati. It's a bunch of powerful uh, men, <laughs> unfortunately, uh, discussing, you know, like how to keep the world or in this case, the multiverse safe, I think. Mm. Um, it's- in the comics, I don't think it's very multiversal. It's just kind of like the Illuminati of like planet Earth. Yeah. Um, it's like a new world order for the multiverse, basically. Yeah. But in this version, obviously, they're going to tie it into the multiverse because that's kind of where yeah. the MCU is headed. Yeah. Uh, but the big thing is, is like, yeah, it is Patrick Stewart uh, very clearly and confirmed his voice yeah. to be on the board of this Illuminati. Yeah. So my big theory on this is I think this is actually not the uh, Professor X from the movies. I think this is Professor X from the 90s X-Men series. And they're going to have Patrick Stewart playing. So it's like basically what happened to Professor X after the series ended. Interesting. Interesting. That's that's my big thought. But uh, I might just be a terrible guess. It could be uh, Mephisto for all I know. So. <laughs> I was just going to say. Yeah. Professor Mephisto. Yeah. <laughs> we have Professor Hulk. Mephisto now we have Rambo. Professor Mephisto. 
Uh, yeah. So, uh, no, this is dope. And I, Joel, I have to disagree with you. I think the most badass thing about this trailer is fucking Sam Raimi is back, baby. And he's back and better than ever. I mean, let's be, let, let's, let's take a second to appreciate this trailer for like the, like to me, it just stands out as like, so Sam Raimi in a lot of ways, but like, mm -hmm. it also puts a lot of other movies just based on the trailer and the MCU to shame. Like this is a yeah. movie with real framing and real colors and actual <laughs> composition. And like, as much as I love, you know, like things like civil war, like that's not, that's like, a, a it, 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 it doesn't take place in a very visually stimulating right. environment, yeah. especially mm -hmm. in terms of the airport fight and all that stuff. So, uh, I just think Sam Raimi is like, this is going to be his superhero song song. And I cannot wait to, to see this film in theaters. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, I mean, we yeah. get we get regular Strange in this trailer. We get Evil Strange in this trailer. We get a Strange in a red suit called Defender Strange, which has mm -hmm. been confirmed by some toys. And then we get Zombie Strange. Even like we're yeah. getting yeah. like uh, we're getting a we're like Jesus Christ, we're getting lots of strange, lots of strange. And the poster has like shattered glass or a mirror or whatever. And there's the Captain Britain fucking yeah yeah shield in it. You know, like never before have I wanted to get some strange so bad. Jesus Christ. They are, <laughs> they are fully bringing in the what if into the, yeah, in like the MCU yeah. proper. Yeah. Uh, well, and there's like, have you guys seen the theories that like the scene that we saw at the end of Spider Man with yeah. Strange and Wanda then connects to that new scene that we've, or that new bit that we've seen where she's in full costume as well and she's like, mm. I become the villain. Right that bit that, it doesn't seem very fair yeah that yeah, yeah. uh people are saying they think that the version that we saw initially is not real right right mm. yeah i could buy that like it's that, some that sort is of, an illusion yeah as well so i don't know it's just there's just so much to unpack in in there's the trailer like you said like yeah there's there's visually so much too like it's you have to watch it a couple of times because it's just so overwhelming with like new information yeah. but also no answers at the same time <laughs> totally, <laughs> totally a couple dozen times yeah, yeah also sure. also shout out to the lighting crew on this one because like yeah. there's some beautifully lit shots unlike yeah. the fucking um unlike the lord of the rings stills that we saw recently which you know it's yeah. like 500 million dollar cosplay at work you know what i mean <laughs> yeah um but uh but yeah no i mean this trailer's badass like i like honestly i don't know if i want to watch the next trailer just because like yeah i, this, I only watched this one once for I, that reason i I'm just want to like, be surprised wanna... by the yeah. craziness of this movie you know look if they put if they put the fact that professor x is in this movie in the trailer how, like what other insane shit That's is gonna happen saying. in this movie like i just want... i mean there's a lot of rumors of who's in this movie that yeah, is that denying is, that they're yeah, in that, this movie yeah. so yeah. Yeah, like um, Sam Raimi, just just fuck me up, Sam Raimi. Like I'm ready for it. <laughs> I just want to say, if we're getting the Illuminati, this could be one of our first looks at, uh, like Namor. You know, this could be one of our first looks as to what they're gonna do with Black Panther moving forward. I think uh, Namor is more likely for Black Panther. Yeah, honestly. but he's he's on the he's on the Illuminati. You know what I mean? Yes, so that's true. So it could be like his introduction, but like yeah. 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 You know what I mean? There's a lot of like, there's going to be six characters or five other characters other than Professor X on this Illuminati. And it's like, this could be a lot of like, uh, block 
war, like block building, world mm-hmm. building for the yeah. for the rest of the MCU going mm-hmm. forward, regardless of if they have a lot of screen time or a lot of dialogue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's totally, just like, totally. It could be huge introductions for uh, the rest of what we're gonna see for the next fucking ten years. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, uh, I'm gonna watch that trailer about a hundred more times before the movie comes up. Nice. <laughs> you have any other uh, any other thoughts before we move on, Lauren? No. Nah. Professor X. I'm excited to let's, see it. Let's do it. So another Roger trailer. <laughs> another trailer we got technically before the Super Bowl, but like a bit they had a big spot during it was the uh, first trailer for Jurassic Park Dominion, which is <laughs> Joel's favorite director, Colin Tevero's follow up <laughs> to Jurassic World, Joel's favorite film ever. <laughs> Here we go. Keep her here forever. They find her, we're never gonna see her again. We gotta protect her. That's our job. Humans and dinosaurs can't coexist. No shit. We created an ecological disaster. Ellie Sattler. Alan Grant. Ooh, get it? Because they're bringing back the OG cast. <laughs> Ugh, I don't. I Look, I obviously did not seek this trailer out. It was uh, shoved into my eyeballs when I was at the movies last night watching Uncharted. Mm. Um, I just don't think I could care any less. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, there's some interesting stuff here, right? I think, like, all the stuff is, of, like, dinosaurs running in snow, you know, like the quote-unquote nature documentary elements of of this like i think all that stuff's really cool you know what i mean but that's also like what they kind of promised with the last movie and then it ended up being a montage of like the last minute of the movie was that you know so i feel like this at least is trying to fulfill the premise of what uh, jurassic world fallen kingdom set up which was really interesting compared to like a mediocre movie that 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 makes me really interested to want to see the sequel and Mm. Uh, I think this movie would honestly be better off as just a nature documentary. Like instead of being forced (laughs) to sit through Chris Pratt's shitty acting for two hours, you know what I mean? (laughs) Um, So for me, I don't know this, this didn't really do much. I think, you know, it really tries to echo uh, what's been done in the past in terms of the original film. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I feel like that is maybe going to be a crutch for this movie. We'll definitely see. It's hard to tell based on the trailer, but I mean, there's literally like, same so you know the shot at the end with like it's the big shot with like all the new characters and all the old characters and there's a new dinosaur coming in and the framing of the three shot of the original characters is pretty much verbatim from the original yeah except it's lit way more poorly and like not (laughs) framed as well but uh you know that's just me so uh you know i just it, it just didn't really do it for me i guess is what i'm trying to say same like, I think there's some interesting stuff. Um, Lauren, what do you think about this trailer? Yeah, I just realized as you were playing it, I actually haven't watched the full trailer. Oh, that's okay. Um, yeah, I because I found out before I watched the trailer that the original three are in it. So I was like, well, why do I have to watch the trailer now? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm intrigued by the concept of, like, it going out into the rest of the world. But, again, the second one was not great. Yeah. Um, the second Jurassic uh, World the, movie. You're yeah, about, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Just to clarify. Um, not that the first Jurassic World was 
great, but I had fun with it. Whereas the second one was just not good. Uh, see, um, I and feel not fun. I feel the opposite. <laughs> I think Jurassic really? World is 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 a, an atrocity to humankind, and <laughs> Fallen Kingdom is kind of fun. Yeah, it's really dumb, oh, but it's kind of fun. Yeah, like I, I like know. I like the idea of a, a horror, like a, a, a Jurassic Park movie set in a haunted house. Like I. I I don't think it's executed well, but I think it was executed well. I don't either, but I think I didn't. It was it was an okay concept, but yeah, I like the concept. What I'm saying is, I like that concept more than I like the concept of Jurassic World. So let's put it that way. Sure, but again, I I felt the and your opinion is totally valid too. Yeah, 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 definitely. I felt Jurassic World was more fun in the sense that like we it was a little bit like you know that nostalgia element of being back in the park. We get to see way more dinosaurs and everything. And then for me, just with then Fallen Kingdom, uh, I don't know. It was like the twist was just weird and just kind of shoved in there at the end. It, and it was. It very I much just was. did. Uh, I don't know. I, I, especially with like, um, I want to say Timothy Spall, but I know that's not who the actor it's was. It's Rafe Spall. Um, Rafe Spall? I thought it was Rafe Spall, right? It's the no, guy who's from the, he's a uh, fucking, what's his name in Shaun of the Dead, I think. I think you're combining two actor names together. Maybe I am. <laughs> um, I have to look it up because it's going to bother me because I yeah, me too. know who he is. But um, anyway, the the guy who's the bad guy in, yeah, in sure Fawn Kingdom. Rafe Spall. Um, or maybe I'm pronouncing oh, it wrong. Sorry. Rafe no, Spall, maybe? Rafe Spall. There you go. I'm thinking of someone else. I'm thinking okay. of Toby Jones. Sorry. Toby got Jones you, is in Got you, got you, got you. And, yeah. you know, with him being in it and some of the rest of the cast, like James mm-hmm. Cromwell and everything, like, I had really high hopes for it. And, yeah, yeah. like, they could have pulled this horror spin on it mm-hmm. off way better. Yeah. With what they were given, and they didn't. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, we can only hope that they pull this nature documentary real, real world situation off better yeah. than they did yeah. the last. But it's not going to be. I'm going to see it because the originals are back, mm-hmm. and hopefully they're not just in it for five seconds. But yeah. Yeah, I don't I just, know that uh, we need it. I'm not, I, I agree. I'm not. I'm not gonna watch it. I'm telling you guys right now. <laughs> You're not. I didn't see Fallen. I didn't see Fallen Kingdom. I have no plans to watch this movie. Oh man. Well, this well, one has a promise of more dinosaurs, at least. So yeah. I'll watch it for the dinosaurs. You know Definitely. what I watch if I want to watch dinosaurs? Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> I just watched Jurassic Park. There you go. Perfect. Valid. Jurassic Perfect. Park doesn't have Chris Pratt in it. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, all right. Well, let's move on from this. We got, uh, in addition to those two during the Super Bowl, we actually got our first uh, look at Jordan Peele's latest film, which is aptly yeah. titled nope. nope. Here we go. Did you know that the very first assembly of photographs to create a motion picture was a two second clip of a black man on a horse? And that man is my great great grandfather. Great. There's another great grandfather. But that's why back at the Haywood Ranch, as the only black-owned horse trainers in Hollywood, we like to say since the moment pitches could move, yeah, skin in the game. Oh, this trailer's so great. I love it. It's so good. Uh, Yeah. Basically, Jordan Peele making, like, a Western 
alien invasion movie? Like what that's is what it, that's what it, that's it what looks it like. Seems, yeah. It looks like a good cowboys and aliens. Yeah. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> but modern day obviously too. So yeah, 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 yeah. Um I mean that's what like I think the most interesting about thing about this trailer is it's like you still don't know like what this is. And that's what I love about yeah. Jordan Peele's movies is like, you know, keeping that not necessarily the mystery box element because like, you know, I don't think he plays into that as much as like JJ Abrams does, but this mystique around his mm-hmm. movies, you know what I mean? Um, they make you think they're one thing and then they end up becoming something else different entirely. I think us is a great example of that, but, um, yeah. yeah so what did, what did you guys think about this one? This is a really interesting I one. I don't need to know anything about this movie other than these three things, Kiki Palmer, Daniel Kaluuya <laughs> and Steven Yun. Yep. It's like, <laughs> I don't care. I don't care what the fuck it's about. Yeah. Yeah. Those three people are going to fuck this movie up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it looks, so I didn't particularly find us or get out all that quote unquote scary. No, um, I definitely all. think they're like psychological thrillers for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this one looks like it might actually be like scary mm-hmm. in like some a horror places. Movie more yeah. so than a thriller or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Suspense. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's uh definitely definitely intrigued because like will it actually be aliens? Will it be something else? We don't know. Yeah, right. it could very well I just, wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't aliens. Well, that's what I was going to say. It could very well be like a monster movie or something to even different yeah. than that, you know what I mean? Um This is the kind of movie that M Night wishes he was making. Like, mm. You're not wrong, dude. <laughs> I I know. Like so is Jordan what are you saying is Jordan Peele the new M Night Shyamalan? He has been for a very That's long true. time. That's true. I actually kind of never made that connection, but he, uh, hopefully he can do like more than like three good movies, you know, on like Sean yeah. right. He's kind of been hitting this. Shout out to that one time Jordan Peele bought me a beer at, uh, <laughs> at WonderCon. Yeah. Well, that was a good day. The bartender was just was straight like up. Big, so ignore- weird. It was dupe. The bartender was literally straight up ignoring me. I was like, what did I? Did I fucking do something? Yeah. I'm standing there like waiting and the dude's like not doing anything. And then Jordan Peele comes up next to me and the bartender immediately comes up to him and Jordan goes, oh, you know what? Actually, this guy's first. I'm going to buy him a beer and then I'll take this. And then he bought me a beer and I was like, wow, the only way to get served at this bar is if Jordan Peele buys me a fucking beer. Apparently. <laughs> well, also like good on him to like recognize that oh, you were yeah. there like waiting and he had be, to have like, been like cool that you recognized me and came <laughs> over and like helped me but also like <laughs> yeah yeah he was first so yeah it was Apparently. weird and then didn't we go to his panel and he wasn't even there yeah <laughs> yeah it was like uh yeah we went to twilight the twilight zone, zone panel yeah. And yeah he wasn't there that was funny yeah anyway yes i'm gonna watch this movie absolutely the end. <laughs> yeah. going going from a not watch to a absolutely will watch perfect Uh, and then yeah so beyond that we have one more trailer we want to talk about real quick and it's uh it's gonna be a fun one this is for the chippendale rescue rangers live action movie i guess is that which would it's not a reboot right like it's considered a continuation they they, they specifically say in the trailer yeah yeah, okay that's yeah that's what i thought okay here we go real hollywood story Chippendale Rescue Rangers, the show that defined a generation and turned two unknown chipmunks into international superstars. But as success took Chippendale to new heights, to many more seasons of the Rescue Rangers, we were living the dream, dancing the Roger Rabbit with Roger Rabbit. (laughs) No one ever imagined it could all come crashing down. 
<laughs> and that's uh, from the trailer for Chip and Dale's Rescue right, Rangers. Hold up, hold up. I didn't. I did not watch this trailer because I was uninterested. Oh, oh dude. I was, I was no, uninterested. Dude. You're missing. But that dude. sounds. That sounds hilarious. It's You're doing like a. Out. They're doing like an e true Hollywood story about the Rescue Rangers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's like of. the first like minute of the that's trailer, tight. and then it yeah. gets into the. There's there's a lot of great stuff in this trailer. I mean, first of all, it's fucking Lonely Island, so like you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's gonna be good quality. You know what I mean? But uh, like you mentioned, Lauren, like this continue essentially a continuation of mm-hmm. the characters from the show, like later in life or grown up or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I so okay, so I loved rescue rangers growing up the cartoon like i had a book on how to draw them so like i kind of learned to draw doing rescue rangers like i was so excited i will say the one thing is it's a little weird having uh john mulaney and and andy sandberg voicing them just because they're such recognizable voices but everything else about this i think is going to be great um i think it's going to be so weird it's gonna be so meta, and I would not be surprised if it's the best like crossover of uh, animation and live action since Roger Rabbit. Wow! Yeah, no, and if, funny enough, it actually does feel very reminiscent of mm-hmm. Roger Rabbit, which they even rem- like uh, yeah make a joke in the trailer. Yeah. Like you see them in the flashback of the E True Hollywood Story thing, they're hanging out with Roger yeah. Rabbit, and there's another yeah. character too where they're um they're that they're referencing. Uh, yeah, and and so my my joke slash hot take on this is this is basically the movie that Space Jam Two wanted to be or wishes it yeah. was. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it really is trying to do a lot of the same things in terms of you know reviving a franchise, blending yeah. 3D animation with traditional 2D animation, which I think this does. Like I love this so this well. Whole joke about the animation style changes in this too, and like, I think it's I think it's really so really. <laughs> Uh, it's a smart concept to like go go over. Yeah, yeah, Joel, you have to watch the trailer because you're gonna you will you will laugh hysterically. I think. All right, all right, I'll watch it. Not right it's now. Gonna be, but I'll get I to think it. it's gonna be good. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting trailer. I love the um, the joke to. Um, I love the joke about uh, the like Zemeckis style of animation, like the early motion capture, like oh, yeah, Beowulf yeah, yeah. and uh, <laughs> and like uh, Christmas Carol and stuff like that. With w- yeah. at the end with Seth like, Rogen, so yeah, yeah, it's yeah. pretty pretty good. Um, I am looking at you. Yeah, what are you talking about? Okay, now hit me with that new Morbius trailer. <laughs> Jokes on you. We don't have it yet, Joel. Yeah, we did just learn there's going to be a final Morbius trailer on. Um, on Monday. Why? No one knows. We already know what the whole fucking movie's about. Unless yep. they like reshot some movie. I don't know what the fuck they're going to show us. I bet there's going to be him saying, I have some form of bat radar. And then there's going to be a shot of him going, I'm, I'm so strong. So I don't, you know, I have no idea what they're good. What they're going to do. It's still the stupidest fucking thing ever. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, unless you guys have anything else uh, for no. the no. Uh, Chippendales Rescue Rangers trailer, let's, uh, I guess we'll jump into the main topic here, huh? Yeah, let's do it. Which yeah. is, Joel? We finished uh, Book of Boba Fett and Peacemaker. Yeah. We've been talking about this for a little bit, and it's finally come to an end. Um, definitely enjoyed Peacemaker more than Book of Boba. I don't know whichever yeah. one you guys want to start with. We can... 
we can jump into that first. I feel like let's start with Boba, unless, Taylor, you disagree. Yeah, no, let's just get that out of the way, because I'd much rather talk about Peacemaker. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, they do some weird things in this. Uh, I do enjoy how they brought, uh, like, Mando and Boba into the same town. It's cool that they got to fight together, get to see a little bit of Baby Yoda and Mando reunite, which I think could have been saved probably for Mando Season 3. Yeah. Um. Get to see some more cat. What are you Bane. talking about? This was Mando season three. <laughs> yeah, right, seriously. Right? <laughs> the last couple episodes were at least for sure. Um, I didn't know a raincore could move like that. <laughs> so that was interesting. We've only ever seen a raincore like in the pit. Yeah, it's, apparently you can fucking jump and climb, and it's a monkey. Yeah, it's it's like a like it's Godzilla, like King apparently. Kong or something like that. But uh, yeah. no, no, I see. I thought that idea was actually cool. I just think it's like totally unearned. You know what I mean? It's like they, oh, the, the, sure. the show does no legwork to like yeah. make that feel like a very triumphant moment, even though it plays no. it as it's like, oh my god, this great moment. I do think the actual scene itself, in terms of the execution, was pretty cool. Um, but also very like CG heavy gobbledygook. So, yeah, yeah, it just also to me, it seemed to like drag out way too much with not enough happening. And also things like, like happening in this fight that realistically, even in a fake Star Wars world, make no sense as far as like fighting styles and executions. Like, oh, why, you mean like the dude who did the 360 no scope? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that was just great. Like, why that are was, we wasting that, time shooting all this stuff? That was classic Robert stuff. Rodriguez. Like, I did actually didn't have a problem with that at all. Like, I know a lot of people were like, Robert Rodriguez should never be allowed to direct Star Wars ever again. And I'm like, oh, I don't think that at all. No, no, but I, I just think. think yeah, especially because our finales for both these shows we're talking about had big like battles in them. And I think one was executed much better than the other. Oh yeah. That one not being book about that. <laughs> yeah. I think overall the writing on this show is pretty freaking terrible. Um, yeah. And there was some redeemable stuff though. I do. I did love the moment uh, at towards the end, uh, which is essentially like a tease for season three, which was when mm-hmm. like baby Yoda Grogu keeps asking him to like, keeps tapping on the thing, like send it yeah. into to light speed and like little moments like that I thought were cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, again, I think but it's again, very much that's a Mando thing, not a Boba thing. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I think my the reason why I care about anything in this show is is because of Grogu. You know what I mean? Like I was saying with the previous yeah. episodes. So um Yeah. I don't think my my thoughts have really changed much based on based on this finale. I just don't think, you know, for everyone who loves Boba Fett so much and when we've had zero screen time of him basically from the original trilogy, then to give us a show where he also has very little screen time doesn't make any sense to me when you're trying to further build the lore of this character. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty rough. Um, Again, it almost feels like Boba Fett should have just stayed a supporting character and like had a little B arc in like season three of Mando, you know? Exactly. Uh, Which is what it feels like they did here. So yeah, Basically. Well, and I also don't like how, uh, I don't know, if anybody's ever watched, like, Clone Wars and stuff, right? Like, one of the other most badass bounty hunters in the world is Cad Bane, right? So, like, maybe one of the only super powerful adversaries to someone like Boba. Yeah. And he kills him in this fucking finale. Yeah, they kind you of waste. They kind of waste. Like this amount of time, and then he dies. There's a lot of stuff saying that he's probably not actually dead. 
You I got mean, stabbed in the heart. I, yeah, I but his like his thing was still like beeping or something yeah. on him. People are saying so. It's, gotcha. He probably gets into like the back of tank or something like that. And, like, yeah, feels, I, I just are saying definitely. I feel like that like you know the execution of this is is pretty good, but uh, overall like they just kind of like. The, the, sorry, the introduction was done well, but the the overall use of the character, yeah. it's like it's just kind of a waste. So bad. But you know yeah. who is in a back to tank? Timothy Oliphant's character. Uh, yeah. Well, apparently, we're gonna get a book of Boba season two. If he's if they're like very much hint, if they're very much trying to like tease us that he's alive still, or I just hope they bring him into. Mando I feel like they'll three, probably honestly. just bring him back into Mando. Is what that means. I fucking hope so. But we did get to see more fighting with the dark saber. That was tight. Yeah. He stabbed a big fucking mech shooter droid in the head with it. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like I like a, a big chunk of this episode is basically just like Bobo and Mando teaming up, you know, flying around on their jetpacks, like taking out droids. Like it's, it's yeah. fine, but it just, it, it, I don't know. It doesn't feel like it has a purpose. No, nope, okay. I would have I would have rathered a whole nother episode of Luke Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. In a show so, called Boba Fett. Look, I, I just don't know if I have much else to add beyond that. I just it's not one of those shows that's gonna stick with me, I don't think. Maybe I'll have a greater appreciation if, you know, eventually go back and rewatch it. Um, but yeah, as of now, I'm not not the biggest fan. Yeah. No. Me neither. It was I thought, you know, we were all kind of confused when they announced the show. And that confusion, yeah. I don't think, has gotten any clearer. No. No, not really. Our first thought was, why are they making this? And then our final thoughts are, why did they make this? <laughs> um, yeah. I will forever appreciate the show for showing us how cool Luke Skywalker is uh, training Grogu. Yeah. But that could have been done literally anywhere, literally anywhere else. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know. Yeah. On to the next show instead, I guess. <laughs> Man, I feel bad for Book of Boba that we're just shirking it off like this, but. Oh, it's I'm, funny. I mean, are we it, surprised though? Well, it dipped for us. Like we were like covered in the beginning. We we're like, no, that wasn't great. So we're not going to do it a main topic. And then it got better. So we're like, okay, just kidding. It's back to a main topic. And then it got bad again. And yet it's still a main topic. So. Yeah. I do. I will say I did like that <laughs> joke where the uh, the male Twi'lek went out there and he's like, "Here are the terms of Boba Fett," and then he was like, "Oh, never mind. I don't want to read them." Yeah. <laughs> and the guy's like, "Read them." And he's like, "I give you jack shit, you stupid idiots." And then I like, also yeah. love that you uh, use your Joel Reeves request voice. Yeah. <laughs> Joel Reeves requests that Boba Fett surrender. <laughs> uh, on the literal, the literal antithesis of this finale was the peacemaker finale which mm -hmm. just fucking slayed every just the last two episodes were killer literally pun, pun intended yeah <laughs> pun intended um there's a lot to say about the finale but we do have to cover episode seven as as well but that's pretty heavily based around uh, Peacemaker facing his dad, uh, yeah. the White Dragon, yeah. uh, who we get to see in costume uh, mm -hmm. and like use powers. He's got like energy blasts. Yeah, he was like basically like Nazi Tony Stark. 
<laughs> is what it felt like uh, with his fighting style yeah, and, know, yeah. and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it was absolutely. weird. Uh, but, Taylor, what else happens in this episode? Because I'm really just, I'm Jones in to talk about the end of the episode so we can get to the finale, but I'm sure some other shit happened in this episode, right? Yeah. Well, I, mean, I think I'll go, go ahead, ahead, Taylor. No, go for it, please. I was just going to say, I feel like so much of the episode was that. Uh, the back and forth of his dad coming to him, him escaping, his dad tracking him, them yeah. fighting, him killing his dad. Like, spoilers. Mm. Uh, <laughs> was this the episode uh, that they introduced the cow, or was that the episode prior? The, it ended with the cow. Okay, I yeah. Think, at this so one. all the butterflies have a cow, which is just a giant worm. Yeah, um, it was not a literal cow. No, it was just a cow because they milk like it, it sounded for juices yes. or for the. The amber yeah. is what they call yeah, it. Yeah, right? it's like honey, basically. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, they're trying to tell they they're trying to teleport it away because Peacemaker's entire mission now is to destroy the cow. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the episode ends with uh, Peacemaker just annihilating his dad uh, with yeah. a shotgun, and uh, them going to be like, "We're gonna kill this cow," and all the butterflies being like, "No, don't kill our cow." <laughs> Yeah, I it's think you know it. it's really the the, yeah. the the big thing of the episode is like you know fulfilling that sort of emotional arc that that Chris yeah. goes through in terms of like dealing with you know the death of his brother and the way his father has treated him and I think it's a basically serves as a conclusion to to that portion of the story. Yeah, because I think this is also the episode we find out more about that story and about like how yeah, he killed his brother and I think like that's what why. it opens with right is, is, is yeah. that flashback so oh, you know, yeah. like, For some i thought that was the episode prior yeah, yeah his fucking dad and all his weird redneck friends are, are putting him and his fight. brother yeah. into like a in like a kind of like a dog fighting ring but yeah. for like children. exactly exactly fucked up so yet his dad blames him for killing his brother when it was an accident caused by his dad putting them in that situation well you know how those no. redneck conservatives like to act you know well they, sure they do something but, bad and then they blame someone else yeah classic so just kind of adds a whole nother layer to it and oh also and they find out right that Adebayo planted the journal in that episode too don't they yeah oh yeah because in the finale peacemaker and um vigilante are like really upset with her um yeah <laughs> yeah the big the big fart scene um yeah that was yeah. pretty good uh she gives a really good performance in these last two episodes i thought yeah her relationship with john cena is top notch i would say what do you think yeah Katie? yeah no i agree i think also want to shout out that brad anderson directing this episode which if you guys don't know he's the guy who uh directed session nine which is an excellent like indie horror movie that many people haven't mm. seen um, so that was great for me to see him come back. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I loved pretty much everything like about this uh, episode, just because, like I said, it was it was more about the emotional component of the show yeah. than like the, the plot of the end of the world plot, you know. Um, yeah. And then uh, the also, I guess that like the uh, the big thing is uh, Harcourt basically kind of becoming the new leader. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Adebayo coming back because she sees him get hugged by the eagle. Which is a great, actually <laughs> a, a great miracle. payoff to the setup yeah. in the in the, uh, the pilot. Yeah. So. yeah. And then Harcourt becoming, yeah, the leader and basically all of them kind of coming back to help Chris. And yeah. 
reform this team. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, again, there's, there's not much else that happens, uh, in this episode, but I do think that everything else, like everything's really well executed. Uh, I love that. Um, also that, uh, gosh, I'm blanking on his name. Um, fucking the dye beard. Um, Steve Ag. Well, yes, but the character's name. Economos. Economos. Thank (laughs) you. Uh, Economos gets like a nice little, little, a few bits here and especially in, 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 uh, Oh, the, the eighth episode. Yeah, yeah he, he just, it's wonderful. Uh, and then um, there was something else. Oh, Judo Master, right? Judo Master oh, appears yeah. in this episode and then he kind of like doesn't really come back. So I'm curious how they're going to use that character moving forward because there's really no, like, as far as I remember, well, I think, I don't think there's much conclusion to like his. Uh, sort of. That, that is one, the one thing that like I would say overall in this series the one storyline that like kind of hasn't made sense or hasn't been fully developed and that like he escapes from them is gone for what, like three or four episodes. Yeah. Then all of a sudden is back in this one standing outside of the convenience store and beats up oh, some that. people and steals a car. <laughs> and then it's either this one or the next one where the butterfly mentions, I think it's the finale where the butterfly mentions that he's on their side now and has been working with them this whole time now. Yeah. Gotcha. So, which I mean, I guess he was, you know, working for Goff in the first place. Yeah. But I guess he knew that he was a butterfly at that point. I would say he had to have. Yeah. And then he like comes at the end and finds them all dead, basically. So I wonder if it's gonna be any like some kind of like judo master's revenge in the next season, or if Wouldn't he's gonna turn yeah. sides. I don't know. Yeah, they're going to have to come up with some sort of a new thread in the next season, which we'll get to right now because the finale happens. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. They discover the uh, headquarters of the cow. They have three or four of Peacemaker's helmets left. Mm-hmm. And they devise this genius plan of, uh, you know, floating a helmet over there and then using the um, Sonic Boom helmet to kill the cow. Yeah. Uh, of course, it's Peacemaker, so the plans go horribly wrong. Yeah, the the eagly <laughs> the eagly bit where they like, it, it, oh, yeah. where he like goes and drops it off in the, uh, the forest or whatever. I thought was pretty yeah. funny. Yeah. Well, also before that, where they're like talking about how oh they're gonna put the walkie-talkie inside of the the floating helmet or whatever, and she accidentally activates it. Yeah. So then that leaves. helmet is just gone. Yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> Some choice comedy bits in this uh, in this episode for sure. Yeah, yeah, they're basically down to one helmet. It's the fucking no two helmets: the sonic boom helmet and the human torpedo helmet. Yeah, yes. and then don't forget uh, about the 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 one where he can breathe underwater too, which definitely will probably come into play in the second season. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, I, it's the entire episode is trying to infiltrate the cow, and they mm-hmm. send Steve Ag to do it in a uh, cop uniform because they steal one yeah. and <laughs> he nopes the fuck out when he sees the cow. Uh, yeah. Then we get, we get such a great little bit where he's stopped by one mm-hmm. of the butterflies and he admits to dying his beard Yeah, and he gets this whole emotional speech about how he thought it made him look cool until one guy kept pointing it out and he feels really dumb about it. Um, yeah, I, that was such a sweet little moment. It really is, yeah. and it's like it's like the big softy James Gunn coming back to the surface. You know, there's like yeah. hardcore James Gunn, and then he's also like a big softy at the same time. And you know, that was definitely one of those moments where it's like, okay, 
this is the type of thing that like makes this character memorable, right? Where it's yeah, yeah, it could have easily, and I think a lot of it is Steve, Steve Agee, like just fucking slaying the scene, oh, you know. He does so good. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, I think it could have been like not great, you know, the way it's uh, the way it's written. It, if if not executed properly, it could have been really bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I think that like the the performance is really what makes that moment for me. So. Yeah, and then we just get a giant fight scene outside with all the butterflies and all the characters. And I mm. I mean, okay, this whole thing with the cow and the butterflies just reminds me of Slither, right? Mm, and it's mm-hmm. like, it's such mm-hmm. a Slither moment. And this final battle, while I will say there are a couple moments that suffers from like shaky cam syndrome. Yeah. Uh, the choreography, though, is really good. Oh, my like, gosh. I would just say the moment when Vigilante gets, like, shot in the back, and he's like, damn, and he falls, but he throws the knife behind him, and it decapitates yeah. the guy. Like, yeah. fucking hilarious. Like, yeah. some first... of it, he just has some brutal, brutal kills in this. Oh, yeah. It's so Gnarly. it's so good. I feel like everyone was really going for the head when they were shooting them, and Vigilante was just, like, chopping limbs off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is the most Vigilante thing ever, so it makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Like, he doesn't really care. <laughs> yeah. He just wants to do violence. He yeah. doesn't actually care if yeah. it's working. I wish yeah. to do more violence. For the angle. <laughs> I just want to do more violence. That's great. Um, yeah, and then, so, you know, early in the episode... Uh, we do have something I did want to mention because it's the setup for the payoff later, but we have mm-hmm. that thing where Adebayo tries to contact Waller and basically is like, yo, bring in the justice league, you know, like we need some, we need some yeah. backup. And she's basically like, you're fucked, like do it on your own kind of thing, which I think yeah. is funny. Um, yeah. I and mean, then it's very, that's uh, very fucking Amanda Waller. Seriously. Right. Uh, and then, you know, um, I guess they finally make it down in there. And I yes, think one of my the, the whole thing about Steve Agee going in is he finally plants the like mm-hmm. sonic boom helmet or whatever. Yeah. Um, but they the, get uh, a few explosions in before it like kind of you know yeah the plan gets fucked. Yeah, and I I just think that the human torpedo aspect of this yeah. uh, of this episode is honestly like one of the most shocking things. Just the way it yeah. plays out, it's like <laughs> only James Gunn, you know, <laughs> only James Gunn could do so, do something like that. Um. Yeah, she Autobio puts it on and tries to save Peacemaker while he's getting choked out by Goth, and it just throws her into a wall and she gets yeah. knocked out. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty funny. Uh, yeah. but, but then, then of he course, uses it again yeah. as like revenge on. And that <laughs> and so that good. that, that too. moment too, where it's like the shock value of that moment where she torpedoes through the cow. And then lands yeah. back down, and then uh, you just have all the guts and all the shit like falling on her. It's again just, very slither, I think. It's you know? so it's James Gunn. That's well, what I'm saying. And like, Drax in right, yeah, 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 very yeah, much yeah. so. Yep. Um, um, yeah, I think that whole goth peacemaker speech is some of the best mm-hmm. stuff in the show mm-hmm. um, because we all we've ever heard, you know, from Suicide Squad into this show is how he will keep the peace no matter how many men, women, and children he needs to kill to get it. Right. And Goff is basically like, yo, we were literally here trying to keep the peace. Mm -hmm. You are the peacemaker. Like for all intents and purposes, he should be on their side. Yeah. Right. And that speech was just so beautiful. And I think there might even be some tears coming out of John Cena's eyes in this fucking scene. Like, (laughs) This is a really well acted scene. And then instead he's like, nah, fuck you and your cow. And yeah, sends out a bio through the cow. 
mm-hmm. and uh, shoots Goff, but uh, the butterfly inside of the detective escapes. Yeah. 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 And I, I, I definitely agree with you on that. Like, I think it's a really well constructed, acted, executed scene. Um, and it's, it's kind of surprising, you know, like in terms of doing something unexpected where it's like, you think it's, Oh, this big bad plan. And it's, it's almost like, uh, like, uh, the, the moment from, uh, from Austin powers, like you and I are not so different after all, you know, like that kind of thing where it's like, you realize that the, the antagonist and the uh, protagonist have more in common than than you first realize. And so I just think it's really trying to save earth. Honestly, I think it's a fun play on that. Yeah. Uh, but they do kill the cow, so uh, all the butterflies <laughs> are fucked. Uh, yeah. They leave, they escape, and uh, oh, okay, yeah, I mean, and so then, in the final battle, like, hardcore gets say, shot. Yeah, there's Vigilante a lot of surprises shot. in this. Yeah, almost everybody's, like, deathly injured except for fucking Peacemaker and Autobot. Yeah. Well, I guess Economos only, he, he breaks his leg. Well, he, he breaks his leg pretty bad. Though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they escape. Harcourt's alive somehow. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> so that James Gunn character proposed to her, obviously. Yeah, right. Uh, they're leaving, and the Justice League shows up. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. First, so. first off in the distance, in 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 silhouette. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're obviously led to believe. Okay, this is fucking a TV show, small scale. We're not going to see anybody, right? We're yeah. just going to see these silhouettes. It's, it's a fun cameo. The end. Mm-hmm. But you, they get closer and Peacemaker fucking, you know, is like, fuck you, dicks. You showed up late. <laughs> and then we see Jason Momoa and Ezra Miller yeah. yep. in one of the most R-rated Justice League scenes. I, I mean, yeah. like, to get to see them have this dialogue is pretty funny, I think. Yeah. They make a joke about him f- fucking fish again. Mm-hmm. And Momoa's like, man, I fucking hate that rumor. And Ezra Miller's like, but it's not a rumor. <laughs> and he goes... Fuck you, Barry. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty good. There was a lot of uh, there was a lot of hate from the Snyder trolls because it like devalues Zack Snyder's not? Justice League, and also so let people me get were... this straight: the Snyder trolls are okay with Jared Leto offering Ben Affleck a reach around. Yeah. They're not okay with Aquaman telling Barry to fuck off. Yes. That's okay. basically people. Copy basically that. people. Yep. Yeah. This is the same people who are oh mad God. about the Wonder Woman joke and uh, the Superman joke in the, I think right. it was episode six or whatever. Yeah. 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 Um, and you know, like I do think that not to say there's any credence to that, but I do think it's interesting that they only got, f- well, technically two of the actors, but they only show four members of the justice league. Right. So cyborgs not included as well as wonder woman. And those were, uh, wonder woman is there. Yeah. Oh wait, sorry. She, uh, man's not there. Batman. Yeah. Superman. Aquaman. Yeah. Um, wonder woman and, and the flash. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I just find it interesting that they only got, you know, two of those actors back first of all, but that the, the, those other two characters weren't included, and uh, I don't know. I just I find well, that really interesting. It was interesting. only supposed to be Mo- Momoa in the first place. Yeah, really. And then yeah, Ezra right. got word of it, and it's a huge like, James Gunn fan. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, dude, come on. Uh, also, I can see, yeah. but that kind of interaction you wouldn't want like a pr- like a pretty boy bat or uh, Superman, you know, like in that kind of James Gunn humor. I don't think it would yeah. make a lot of sense. No, right? no, no. I'm I'm not saying yeah. that I'm. Uh, wishing they had brought those characters back like to actually see like i think works working in silhouette is fine i just think it's indicative of like where they basically want you know this 
universe, quote unquote, uh, or the Justice mm-hmm. League itself to go. Um, you know, and that may not include Batman, which I think I'm actually okay with because Batman yeah. is worthy of having his own shared universe just on itself, which they're kind of doing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I will forever treasure seeing uh, Aquaman tell Ezra Miller to fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> It works so on so good. many levels. It's multi-level. Yeah. So many levels. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's so I just, good. I, I just, I don't know. Again, praise, more James Gunn praise of that, like, payoff of, like, the little, you know, joke of, oh, we're going to call the Justice League. But we know that they're not actually going to show up. Like, there's no way that's going to happen. Yeah. And you're like, they're in silhouette. Oh, my God, they did show up. But it's not actually going to be them. No, but I think it's some of that. I think it is kind of funny, though, that it's like, you know, uh, the idea of calling the Justice League to show up, the subversion of them actually showing up, but showing up late. I think that's like a deeply funny joke. Like there's something really, really hilarious about that. Um, And some people may take umbrage with that. And what I would say is fuck them. So. Yeah, I just don't understand how the fucking Snyder Bros can be okay with Jared Leto literally offering a reach around to Batman, but having a problem with a fish fucking joke. I just don't. It's yeah. You pick and choose your battles. This is a weird hill to die on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. Gotta say, it really is. It's not as weird as the fucking nightmare sequence in the end of fucking Justice League in by any by any stretch of the means. I just don't get me started on a Snyder rant. Haven't had one of those in a while. (laughs) Yeah, we'll just have to cut it off short, Joel. Yep. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. Well, because that's not the end of the episode. There's a little bit more. Harcourt's alive. Uh, In the hospital. In the hospital. We see Peacemaker back at his trailer with Eagly and uh, Goff, actually. And yeah. he feeds Goff the last of the amber, mm-hmm. uh, which is, you know, kind of like a sad, touching moment. Um, and this is why I think they're going to have to come up with a new, like maybe it's Judo Master in season two. They're going to have to come up with a new kind of threat or antagonist because seemingly all the butterflies are going to fucking die because I don't have any food. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sure like there's so many... I guess ramifications for how this series ends or this season yeah. ends rather. Right. Um, oh yeah. And Autobio calls her mom out. Yeah. So yeah. she publicly calls out Waller. So that's going to lead to something. Yeah. Um, Economos is back at Bell Reeve, but Ooh, is yeah. that for Waller or not? Right. Um, like you said, uh, hardcore ends up living after a couple days in the hospital and, she and Peacemaker are like on the same team now. All this stuff has happened like open-ended still. So, yeah. you know, they could, do they form their own like semi little league Suicide there? Squad. Yeah. Um, does Suicide Squad exist anymore? Like, right. is the whole Bell Reeve thing going to be shut down? Are they going to go vigilante with vigilante? Like, I think <laughs> that nobody died. On like the good guy. I mean, I guess um, yeah. Merv did. Well, but, like, yeah, but like he was yeah. a butterfly, so that is butterfly. Count, in the right? It's like yeah. yeah, it's like. Oh, I definitely thought it, that Hardcore was dead. Oh yeah, I would not have been surprised if she I would have been surprised if Vigilante died either. He got he got shot in the fucking back. Uh, yeah, he, he yeah, you don't went. want to kill off your best character. Yeah, <laughs> true. <laughs> so uh, yeah, yeah, this is. Yeah. Um, Oh man, it is one of the best superhero shows uh, that's ever been made. 
Yeah, I can't, I can't I give it the number that. one slot because it's no. a DC property, but. Well, uh, I, I would just really, say, really aside from it being a DC thing, like, it's good, but it's not, like, the creme de la creme, you know? It's pretty close, like you're saying. I, I think for me, um, a couple of things come to mind before this, but, again, there hasn't been a ton of superhero shows yet, so it's, you know, for me, this definitely feels like the little series that could, right? This is something that... yeah that people didn't really expect much of and let alone, I think I we kind of sure. talked about it. Yeah. Like who the fuck wants a peacemaker show, you know? And it's like, well, it turns yeah. out we all did, you know what I mean? Don't yeah. bet against um, James Gunn. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Tell me more about that, Joel. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah no, birthday so I, tattoos. I, I very much hey. enjoyed it. Drunk after brunch birthday tattoo. Oh, geez. Hey, I'm going to have to make this happen. A couple blocks or like a half a block away from that place. Mm. Um, I, yeah, I am. I lost my train of thought, but James Gunn really came through on this fucking show. I I will say that I'm, I, as much as I love, okay, I guess what I'm trying to say is I would love some R rated Marvel because, like, yeah some of the best parts of this show is because they could do the R rating, right? Like yeah. Peacemaker doesn't work without, like if they tried to like mass audience this show by making it PG 13, it would have, I think been a complete failure, mm-hmm. um, which I think, you know, whoever's directing Deadpool three, I think this is a fucking great template to follow, right? Like you can't make Deadpool PG 13. It won't work. Mm-hmm. So m- sticking to that MCU formula but making it sort of in the vein of Peacemaker would be a successful formula. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, you know, like mm-hmm. I would love more R rated superhero content without Zack Snyder. Involved, yeah. I guess is what I'm saying. Well, I'm, I'm interested. It'll be interesting to see if based on the su- success of this and then with some of the forthcoming MCU stuff, like it feels like they're stepping closer. I don't think they ever will. Yeah, but but like Logan was, you know, know, like we've seen success in the R-rated superhero genre before and it didn't really change much. So I really don't see it happening yeah. now because, you well, know, we've gotten it. Like Logan was James wildly Gunn successful. James Gunn is in both like yeah, camps, sure. you know, could have some sway. And yeah. I don't know. Just it sounds like Moon Knight is going to be pretty boundary pushing in that regards yeah. and strange like Multiverse of Madness might be as well. So I yeah. don't know. Yeah, Definitely. though I remember Scott Derrickson left the project because they wouldn't let him get as spooky as he wanted. He wanted um, to go, I think, lean into not hard R, yeah. but like more R than PG thirteen. Sure, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm curious to see what, if James Gunn sticks with Marvel and does anything after Guardians three. He might not. Um, honestly, I don't think I, he will. But man, see, the, we're losing a talent there. It's like we need something like that to. If he wanted to move into like an R rated Marvel property, that would be rad. I yeah. would say, I would say, if anything, he's going to continue to do Garden, Guardians of the Galaxy stuff. Like, there could definitely be a Ravage, Ravagers movie or Ravagers TV series if they wanted to. Like, there's, yeah. there's definitely Maybe. some, some way for him to do that. I, well, I just don't. Said this, this is the end. I think of this, of this version of the Guardians. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I don't see, so. I don't see him like doing another Marvel property. You know. Um, yeah. I think that's Sad, what he'd but... want to do, but. That's okay though. That's okay. It gives other people opportunities. Yeah, I guess. Unless uh, yeah. he takes over a Deadpool. That's, that's kind of what good. I was. That's kind of what I was hinting at. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
yeah, we'll see. Uh, yeah, this show's great. Let's uh, everyone should watch it. Let's uh, let's watch season two. Indeed. Yeah. Waiting for it to happen. This is gonna happen. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's been announced. There's gonna be a season two. Yeah. So that's news that we didn't talk about in the news section, but it's news in this part yeah. of the show because it's that's relevant. Okay. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Yeah. All right, y'all ready for fucking uh, Joel's longest what we've been watching of all time? Jumbo size what we've been watching? Yeah, Literally we got some, the most got some I've ever here. had. Yeah, it's well, it's been a hot minute. So. I'll keep them. I'll keep them relatively short. Yeah, uh, keep it concise. I know the ones. I know the ones we've kind of all watched. So I'll go over the ones that I watch uh, by myself. Uh, saw the Lost Daughter, which is Maggie Gyllenhaal's directorial debut. Uh, it's bad. It's oh, really, no. Really, oh, uh, man. really bad. See, I've heard good things. That's that's interesting. <laughs> nope. Nothing happens. Uh, the character's motivations are wildly strange and, I think, inconsistent. Uh, Cinematography is not great. Um, I would say, like, Olivia Coleman does fine, but really no one else does it for me in it. And it's just mm. like, I don't know. It's one of those, and I like art house movies, but it was one of those like stereotypically too art house to be mm, good movies. Yeah. Here's a three minute shot of her driving in the car and nothing happens. Oh, and you're geez. like, don't no. care. Especially when the cinematography is bad. Yeah. Don't gotta care. love a good car winner. <laughs> God, so <laughs> stupid. Uh, anyway, do not recommend. Uh, Jackass Forever. Um, if you are a 90s kid, uh, I recommend seeing this movie. Uh, it was fun. I had a really good time only because, you know, I was a, you know, skate punk jackass CYK. You were a jackass kid. kid. Yeah, exactly. Um, they introduce a new generation of jackass characters yeah. uh, because clearly the old cast cannot do all of the stunts anymore, but the old cast does do one to three really big stunts in the movie. Um, and I won't say who, but has to go to the hospital. Uh, oh, wow. It's pretty bad, but really nice. funny. Um, if you don't want to see a lot of man penis, uh, don't watch this movie. I mean, hasn't <laughs> Jackass always been kind of gay? Like, there's definitely, yeah. like, yeah. always been that element. So, it's, yeah. anyone uh, who's seen the movie shouldn't be surprised by that. Right. I do find it hilarious, though. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I would... It, mildly recommend if you if if you uh, enjoyed any of the others. Yeah, my, my um, question is, do we get Chris Pontius in a thong? Because if not, I'm gonna write. Yes, okay. obviously. Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> so many thongs. Yeah, good. That's Chris Pontius's thing. Come yeah. on. No, I love it. It's my it's my, yeah. one of my favorite parts of Jackass. Uh, started. Haven't gotten very far into it, but started Yellow Jackets on Showtime. I've heard amazing <laughs> thing. People are in love with this show. It's really good. I will say at the core, it is really just Lord of the Flies. Yeah. Um, but it seems like they're introducing some sort of supernatural element that I haven't gotten to the core of yet because I've only seen four episodes. So maybe I'm wrong, but it, <laughs> seem, it seems that way. Yeah. Um, but I'm really enjoying it. Christina Ritchie's in it. Um, mm. Some other names that I can't remember right now. Uh, a lot of people are in it. A lot of people, yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it. If I, if nice. I only stopped, if I, if I tried to watch it like before midnight, I might be able to watch a couple episodes at a time. But <laughs> recently, it's been a late night show, and I've been falling asleep. Uh, <laughs> but yes, I'm really liking it. 
Nice. Uh, the acting's good. It's, you know, like Lost meets Lord of the Flies meets, I don't know, yeah. uh, Gilligan's Island or mm. whatever the fuck. Interesting. Uh, Pam and Tommy, I've been mm. watching. Lauren, you said you watched one episode of this. Yeah, I yep. watched the pilot as well. Okay. Yep. Um, it's like a train wreck. <laughs> like, I don't want to keep watching it. But I don't want to stop watching because I already is started. Is that yeah. like the quality yeah. of the show, though, or is it like just the the subject matter? I guess, if you I, will, I think I think it's the quality both, of the show. Really, mostly the show. I mean, really? the subject yeah. matter. I I mean, I grew up in that. I know yeah. the yeah. subject matter of I mean, the show. Yeah, I mean, yeah, 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 it, yeah. You know, yeah. all went down, but yeah. Um, was, I don't know. I need to see Seth Rogen like, jerk off multiple times. I don't. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, to you, you haven't gone back to it, and I don't know your reasoning for it, but I didn't go back to it after the first episode because, I, like, I felt that same way, Joel. I was like, this is a train wreck. This is really hard to watch, and not yeah. because of the content, but just the way it's done. It's just. You mean like the kind of like crass, crassness of it, or like in what way? Because <sighs> I didn't quite feel that strongly about it as you. Um, it's hard to explain. I think definitely some of it is the crassness, but given the oh, nature of like the story, no, I know. Given the nature of the storyline, like I've of course was expecting that. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's it's the crassness. I think it's. I feel like in the first episode, at least, it took such a like. I felt like we were seeing the same things play out again and again and again and again. Oh, I've definitely heard from multiple people that it's really odd that they start the show about Seth Rogen and not about Pam and Tommy, right? Because it's like. Well, I that didn't throw me off. That didn't honestly. That wasn't an issue I had because it's he's the guy who steals the thing. Like, yeah. Well, I mean that that's to me that was actually one of the interesting one of the things yeah. I did like about it because you've always heard this story first. about the yeah. disgruntled construction worker who went and stole his the, his shit basically. Yeah. And yeah. seeing how that played out is kind of interesting, even though apparently this is based on an article like an oral history type article mm -hmm. about yeah. everything that happens. So I think that kind of speaks to like what this show is, you know, in terms of like yeah. repeating itself. I mean, they itself also and... didn't uh, consult Pam on this, which yeah. she didn't kind of violates of at all or like contradicts the whole message they're trying to put out with this show. Yes. Too. So I, did, I did find it odd that she was such a non entity in the, yeah. uh, in the, in the pilot. Although I do probably, I probably will keep watching. It's not like I was put off by it. I just, it's not one of those shows that I said, oh my God, I have to watch like the next yeah. episode right away. You know, I, can, I mean, I was very intrigued to start the show. Yeah. Like the most I recent was, episode is all trailers. about her like deposition. So it's like, yeah. uh, it's like a 90% mm. Pam episode. Yeah. Um, and I she meant, I'm sorry. Job. Yeah. I don't know if I made that clear. I meant the real life Pamela Anderson was like, no, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Not she didn't want to be consulted yeah, yeah. on the show. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. And, and um, honestly, like, not only was she barely in the first episode, totally, totally. And I think Lily James was very much pushing for her to try to be a part of this just because, yeah. like, I think, especially from Lily James' perspective, like, her intent with doing this project is like coming from the best place. But oh, I yeah. just don't know, I, uh, th to your point, I just don't know if the execution matches that intent in the way that they want. And again, yeah. I haven't seen anything beyond the pilot, so maybe my, I think my the reaction to that will The point of the fifth episode is that she doesn't want to sue anybody because she doesn't want anyone to see the tape, right? Yeah, she right. wants to sue them is like to shine a light on the tape. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if that's her truth and you're talking about that, 
in the show itself, why would she want to be a part of the show? Because she doesn't want to fucking talk about the tape. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. That's what I'm saying <laughs> yeah. is like their yeah. whole thing is like, uh, you know, isn't it horrible how their privacy was invaded by these people and yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yet you're invading their privacy again by 100%. making this without their, like without her consulting on it. Yeah. yeah. And especially because I, I, I believe that Lily is coming from a place or was coming from a place while making this of like wanting to honor her and like yeah. not, you know, portray her in any negative way. Yeah. And and like I get be that. truthful to this, to the, yeah. Yeah. But the fact is it's, if not entirely, it, it's either entirely or almost entirely produced by men of like, and notable men in Hollywood. And it just felt really weird then to find out that like, Pam wasn't even involved at all. Yeah. And you're getting it from this male perspective of this thing that's already got such notoriety, probably because of the male perspective of a sex tape. You know, I don't know if, yeah. if that makes sense at all. The more you watch the show, the gross. more you understand how, how much that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So it just, it just kind of felt gross watching it and not because of the crassness, but because of that element of that violation yeah while talking about the horrible elements of the violin. I don't know. It was weird. Yeah. I will say something that keeps me watching the show. I is, uh, Sebastian Stan's performance though. He's, uh, to like say something good about the show. I, he just, yeah. him as Tom, like he, I don't quite think that he's maybe tall enough to play Tommy Lee Jones, but he, or he's Tommy Lee Jones. Inspired casting for this show. He's Joel. definitely way too young to be Tommy Lee Jones in this show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Tommy Lee. Um, yeah. He, I mean, he, but he does a really good job. Of, I think both of them do. I think yeah. he really does as well. I think to yeah. his, his, it, how much he makes me hate Tommy Lee in that first episode is like yeah. a testament to like how yeah. good the acting is on his yeah. part. So, and who would have thought freaking Sebastian Stan, dude, when he was cast right? in the MCU is like, who the fuck is this guy? Right. And now he's like one of the best. He's like one of the best actors working today, in my opinion. You know, yeah, Yeah. Um, he does really good. And look, if anything, you got to at least watch episode two for that Jason Manzuka's penis. Oh yeah, of course. So I mean, come on now, insane. Trigger warning if you don't want to see a fucking giant penis, but yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah, whatever you think it's gonna be, it's like even more than that. Anyway, I'm going to watch it to the end just because I'm a completionist and I've watched more than half of it now. So I fucking may as well. <laughs> um, all three of us uh, are here. I'll do this one. I watched Uncharted. Yes. Uh, yes. My favorite video game series, probably maybe of all time. One, at least one of. Yeah. Top, mm-hmm. top three for sure for you. Yeah. Uh, for sure. Uh, yeah, I would no say top two most yeah. likely. Uh, um. It was fun. I had a good time watching it. Was it a good movie? Absolutely not. (laughs) I would say, so like the young, so they do flashbacks of young Nathan Drake. Mm -hmm. And he's like young, young. Yeah. It's like what they do. Nathan Drake is uh, Tom Holland. I think Tom Holland is the age of the flashbacks. Mm -hmm. And then modern day should be someone older. Yep. Uh, so it was kind of weird. Yeah. Um, uh, they but do, I don't know. I, I think it's getting a lot more harsh reviews than it maybe deserves. It like I I don't think it's a good movie, but I in but I enjoyed it. Yeah. 
I think it's like it's fine. Let, okay, let's put it this way: the the way I describe this movie, it's it's the uh, the action adventure adventure equivalent of a saltine cracker, right? Like Jesus it's Christ. it's enjoyable and it's fine <laughs> in the moment, but like there's nothing there's nothing special or unique about this movie, right? Like it's yeah. all things that have been done before. Even the games have done more, most of them better. I think to the whole. I agree with you. Tom Holland's like way too young. And yeah. I think the way they try to justify that is saying that basically this is an origin story to like the Drake that we know in the games, which right. kind of works and kind of doesn't like nothing's really earned. Like when he puts the harness on and all that stuff and he gets the yeah. full, you know, Nathan Drake look going like it. None of it feels weird. Yeah. It's just I think there's the I think the reason why this movie's getting so much hate is because you know, if it had been in development for like a year or something and they were rushed and they didn't have time, like, okay, maybe I understand that. Or maybe the pandemic, this thing was in development for like 10 years. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you had plenty of time to get the fucking story. Mark Wahlberg right. was originally supposed to play fucking Nathan Drake. I know. And yeah. thank God that never happened because I don't, there's nothing about his version of Sully that like makes me, well, first of all, he's too young to play. Sully. Well, yes, they're all too young to play. These characters are supposed to be fucking playing. Yeah. And then, uh, and, yeah. And I just, I just don't think he's like, he, let's put it the, this way. He's not my Sully. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but yeah, I just, I just didn't think he worked. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's kind of a letdown in the sense that like this movie had the potential to be really great. And I think like it just kind of squandered a ton of that potential. There's still some stuff that works. There's still some stuff that's interesting, but a lot yeah. of it feels really forced for sure. Something I noticed, which I think is really funny because this was uh, made by Sony like video game studios. They have like a I'd, PlayStation, a, a PlayStation logo in the beginning. Movie yeah. studio. Yeah. Uh, but something that definitely came out of that even existing. Mm-hmm. I noticed was a big, a big portion of the game kind of like the Assassin's Creed games is like you climbing things in like mm-hmm. a jumpy way, mm-hmm. you know, like, like a jumping from kind object of. to object. Mm-hmm. And they do that so many times in the movie. Like <laughs> Tom Holland like jumps up objects in the film. And I'm like, that's a little nod to the game, I guess, but it's kind of weird. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, well, well, it's also plays, like, like, uh, like for, for a movie that or a game series that's best remembered and all called uncharted, like you're going to have a jungle setting. It's going to be like Indiana Jones. And it's like, most yeah. of this movie takes place in like cities and museums. It's it feels yeah, yeah. it honestly feels more reminiscent of like what they did in Uncharted Four than anything yeah. else in the other games, where it's like they really mm-hmm. kind of like leaned into that, um, you know, Nate and his brother, the relationship between Nate and his yeah. brother. Which, I mean, let's be it honest, he, he he's gonna come, he's gonna be a part of the sequel if they end up making oh, one. Yeah, yeah. This this movie actually gained a lot of money this weekend. I think it made over. Fifty-two million dollars. Fifty-two, yeah. yeah so yeah. it's a pretty good it opening did, for a video game it did movie. Pretty well. Yeah. Uh, there was a Nolan North cameo, which is the original mm-hmm. voice actor for Nathan mm-hmm. Drake. Um, there's a big set piece, which actually I thought it was weird that they opened the movie with this, and then they kind of cut away from it, and then it was like the big, not the big yeah. finale, but like one of the big. It's what they show in finales. all the trailers. Yeah, him yeah. like mm-hmm. falling out of the airplane or whatever. Yeah, with the cargo. Oh, yeah. yeah. But yeah, they like successfully like safely land in the ocean and they swim ashore and there's like a dude in like a beach chair and he's like, what happened to you? And they're like, oh, fell out of a car out of an airplane into the ocean. And he goes, huh, so something happened to me like that one time. And it was like, yeah, Yeah. such a lame fucking, I hated it. Uh, (laughs) It was cool that they had him involved, but I absolutely hated that. 
Yeah, I really, I really did. uh, In terms of the casting, I really loved um, Sophia Ali as Chloe. Like that was, she was really well cast. But like, also the movie kind of wastes Antonio Banderas, um, who I thought was going to be a much Mm. bigger presence in this movie, and he's yeah basically a throwaway character. What we do see from him, though, I liked. Yeah, no, it's not that he's bad. It's just that like he wastes someone like Antonio Banderas. (laughs) Yeah, right. I'm surprised he. I am surprised he agreed to do the movie. Honestly, yeah. Definitely. Um, I don't know, man. Like, Ruben Fleischer's kind of had some bumps in the road in the last few years. It's interesting that it's him as well, so, yeah. yeah. I mean, dude, the, the freaking the double whammy of Venom and Uncharted back-to-back. Like, I oof. know. Yeah. Not great for him. Yeah. <laughs> um, I Look, I'm going to watch... I mean, I assume they're going to make... A, look, if this wasn't my favorite video game series of all time... I might be like, well, I'm not going to watch anything that comes out of this ever again. Kind of like the Jurassic World movies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but because it is Uncharted, I assume they're going to make another one. And yeah, I'm going to keep watching it. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so. I mean, I think there's a lot of potential for the sequel. And it, I mean, considering the box office, it probably will get made. So yeah. I'm willing to check yeah. it out. But it's also one of those mov- movies where it's like, OK, what you promised me is actually like the next film, you know? Yeah, so, oh, mm-hmm. for sure. Like, I, I, I'll be willing to give it a shot for that reason alone. We all know that Nathan Fillion and Bruce Campbell should have been Nathan Drake <laughs> and Sully, yep. respectively. Yep, but we'll yep, never yep. get it. We'll always have it's too late. We'll have that the short fan film. film. Yeah, we'll, have we'll the always film. have the fan film. Yep. Um, and which, the last thing I watched, what? Sorry, I was just gonna say, which that feels m- like more of an uncharted movie than even oh. the big budget mm. version. So, go so ahead. good. Sorry. Uh, and then I watched Power of the Dog. Uh, we all said might win Best Picture. Yeah. What do you um, What do you think of this one? I think that Benedict Cumberbatch accent is not great. Uh, mm. I think the kid does really good. Oh, Cody Smith McPhee. Yeah. Yeah. I think the kid does really good. I think um, Jesse Plemons does very well. I don't know that I love Kirsten Dunst's performance in it. Um, I don't know how to feel about it overall. I liked it. Hmm. I don't know that I loved it. Um I really didn't see the ending coming, actually, so I kind of liked that part of it. Yeah, I think it's the um, ending that really, like... For me, kind of cemented. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know that I. Okay, I don't know if it's that I didn't like Benedict's performance in it, or that I didn't like his chemistry with Jesse Plemons. Yeah, and they're supposed to be brothers. (laughs) Yeah, they're supposed to be brothers, and I'm like, I don't see it. Yeah, it's especially since like if they were like estranged brothers, I might buy it more. But the whole thing is like we've been ranching together for fucking ever, and it's like, have Mm. you though? Because you don't fucking act like it. Yeah, well, (laughs) I will say that um, uh, originally Jane Campion had cast other people to play um the Jesse Plemons role and the Kirsten Dunst role. So I think I may have seen Snyder tweet that. Yeah. I I can't. It's, um, who is supposed to, I'll look up the names right now, but yeah, there was two actors that they had in mind. Um, and I'll let you know what it is. I just don't know that their chemistry worked for me, even though they like separately maybe had decent performances. Um, I can say that maybe I don't want to see Benedict play like a cowboy ever again. If I'm being (laughs) honest, um, he, yeah, yeah. I I don't know that I love his American accent. Uh, Interesting. Great as Sherlock. <laughs> uh, yeah. Also, Thomason Thomason McKenzie in this movie for like oh yeah five she's minutes in it for like 
very small role oh, for weird. her. Yeah, it's like someone who's yeah. becoming as prominent as she is in the industry, like taking such a small role. And I'm assuming it's probably to work with Jane Campion, but still. Most well, it likely. also could have been like they filmed it a bit ago. and I don't know, though. She started both old and last night in Soho. Oh yeah, so, so it was it was Paul yeah. Dano was gonna play yes, and then Elizabeth Moss oh. was gonna play the Kirsten yeah. Dunst, which that's kind Let of an interesting. You, I would have much rather have seen though. You know what? Paul Dano was supposed to play the Jesse Plemons character. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I may have I may have rather have seen Paul Dano and Jesse Plemons play this together mm-hmm. instead of Benedict and Paul. Oh, Dano. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that would have been interesting. Yeah. But yeah, look, I love, I would have rather seen Elizabeth Moss rather than Kirsten Dunst, maybe, honestly. Mm. I don't know, I think man. maybe I she was, was in it because she's married to Jesse Plemons. I think she's really good in this movie, honestly, but I don't want to get too deep into it. I really I yeah, really yeah. liked her. I, I think the writing is more so the problem than her performance. Let's put it that way. Interesting. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if it wins, I'll, I'll understand why. Classic Hollywood Oscar yeah. bait, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But it, I don't know that I'll ever watch this movie again. Mm. I think I would rewatch it personally, but yeah, it's just me. Uh, that's everything I've been watching. I think. Nice, I don't know. nice. Um, okay, <laughs> well, I can I can go next. I got a few things. And speaking of classic Hollywood, something that Lauren and I both watched was oh, Nightmare yeah. Alley. Um, yeah, very, very, very much interested in your opinion. Very similar to Power of the Dog in the sense that like this is a movie that could have been made in the fifties. Like if mm-hmm. you just put it black and white, which they actually did for nightmare well, alley they released. Yeah. One. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and it was, they did make a, a version in the sixties. Yeah. Well, they, actually so. I think it was before that, but nightmare alley is basically a, tech, like a remake. The 40s. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Whatever it was, it's a golden era. Um, yeah. but, uh, yeah, I mean, look, I, okay. I very much had, ironically enough, had a similar reaction to power of the dog where it's like, the first hour of this movie is like, okay, you know, like what's what's going on here, right? Then the second portion of it where we get yeah. kind of the story really begins, I was like, okay, this is cool. Like I like where this is going, but like what was all that stuff about the first <laughs> hour all about? And mm-hmm. then you get to the end and it does feel like it meanders a little bit to get there, but you're like, for me it was like, oh shit, like okay, I totally see what Del Toro is trying to do is this this full character arc is a circle almost you know starting in one place and eventually ending at that place in a very very different respect and so i think i appreciated that aspect of the movie but yeah this movie's long and it meanders and (laughs) there's some decisions i'm like like what were you thinking del toro like and not in a super negative way but it's like okay that's that's a choice you know what i mean um i I mean i gotta say we watched it at home and we almost didn't finish it Really? Wow. See, yeah. I was I got we, like, into we, it. I got into it to, as the the third actor on. That's when I was like, okay, this is tight. Like it's just there's inconsistencies in the storytelling. I feel like like there's one point in time where we jump time and nothing is said about it. You're just supposed to realize that mm-hmm. we've jumped time, and then another time where they clearly like write out like mm-hmm. two years later or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So just from a technical storytelling standpoint, there's inconsistencies on. Yes. in that element of it but then also it's just like it i agree with you where in the beginning i was like okay this is intriguing where are we going with this like i don't i didn't really know much about it going into it yeah but then i feel like there's a lot there's some things that get set up that never have any payoff to them you mean in terms and of then, like all the carnival stuff 
or yeah, other things? Yeah, and just like the the whole finding of the geek in the first bit, like yeah. how they're replacing their geek in, early mm-hmm. on, like and then drop him off at at the hospital or whatever. And I don't know. Um, some of that stuff. And then some of the stuff with his father, I feel like is not fully realized or explained. It's it's like very, Um, yeah, totally. The stuff with Kate Blanchett's character, like, and then, so with the third act, I feel like so much of the third act, it flips out of nowhere with little to no justification for a lot of the flips that happen. Yeah. Yeah, And then it just gets wild and, gory out of nowhere yeah yeah totally i i definitely agree with that and in terms of the whole um fuck, what were the names of the people that you said the the guy at the, the carnival geek? the geeks yeah in terms of the yeah. geeks i see that's what i thought when i was first watching and i was like what like what is the point of this but then when you get to the end you kind of realize that like okay that was all set up for like yeah what's happening but again i think the way it gets to that point is like more problematic that i like the idea mm-hmm. of it um, again, more so than the execution. So, um, yeah, I kind of agree with you. I think this is definitely a movie I would go back and rewatch now that I know that ending and, and hopefully yeah. it would play a little better and a little more uniform, but, um, yeah, there's a lot happening in, in the film. Oh, also that like his relationship with, um, uh, or his relationship to Zelda, mm-hmm. how it starts versus how it yeah. continues on like yeah i felt like the love stories the multiple love stories in this like were very convoluted it was yeah uh, it was v- as well it, yeah definitely so um for sure uh moving on from that uh, i mean i don't know if you have anything else to add lauren um, no i just again i don't know why it is nominated for best picture <laughs> like because some of the, the technical stuff yeah but overall i, I think no. because the academy loves self fellatio that's why well yeah it's guillermo del toro and it's gdt uh, yeah. so beyond that, I, uh, also saw Kimmy, the, uh, the new Steven Soderbergh film on mm-hmm. HBO max. Was it shot uh, on my phone? What's that? Was it shot? No, on no, no. But it's, it's the, <laughs> I think, I think we, is that what covered the, yes, it's the, yeah, yeah it's okay. that one. I think we covered the trailer on the podcast, yeah. but it's basically all about smart technology Maybe. and like, um, yeah. like a class. It's a lot of like rear window kind of type mm-hmm. ele- elements, mm-hmm. but okay. with a, a modern smart home technology kind of yeah, twist. Yeah. I adored this movie. I just miss the days okay. when we get like a nice hour and a half, like thriller, solid, mm. you know, three act story that doesn't like overstay its welcome. Well, Ex Machina is a little like longer, you know what I mean? But still a great okay, movie yeah. nevertheless. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I just, I, again, it's not a perfect movie, but I, it was one of those things where it's like I saw past the flaws and I think it's just Soderbergh like, still out here making bangers and nobody's talking about this movie, right? (laughs) Like he's just out there creating like another great, one of the many thrillers he's made up to this point. And this one, I'm going to be honest. I think it's because I started tuning his name out when every time he made a movie, he was like, I shot it backwards on an iPhone in black and white and turned (laughs) it blue. And then, and you're like, I don't fucking care anymore. If he just started making regular movies again, which it sounds like this is, I would continue to care about his career, but he's kind of turned me off in the last I th- five years. I think that this is definitely a return to form for that. Cool. Um, nice. I also started watching no sudden move, which was the movie he came out with late last year um, okay. with Del Toro, Benicio Del Toro and John Don mm. Cheadle. But I haven't finished that yet. So I'll report back on that. But yeah, I mean, this is definitely a return to form. I think you would enjoy it. Joel again, it's a snappy little thriller, out, like yeah. turn it on, turn it off. You're good. Um, right. Beyond that. I also finally had a chance to catch malignant. 
which yeah. uh, Lauren, have you seen this yet or no? No, I have not. I think you would love this movie. I think this movie cool. is right up your alley. Yeah. And for everybody who's saying, oh, this movie's so stupid or this and that, like it's like we talked about Joel before Joel. I it's, talked it's, about this on the podcast. Right? It's yeah. very yeah. much an intentional B movie. But it's what, a B movie on what purpose. I don't think people are giving this movie credit for is like the message behind it, the theme behind the film, which I think is brilliant and strong and a really well thought out metaphor, which is basically the movie's a metaphor about women having control over their bodies. And there are multiple, multiple examples Mm. of this uh, in the movie that you could directly tie that theme to. And I think a lot of people aren't really recognizing it for that. And I think, again, I think it's a brilliant metaphor. It's a fun B movie. Like you said, Joel with like, a crazy third act, just absolutely oh, insane. Uh, so also, shout out to like the practical effects they used um, for some of the stuff uh, in. I'm a sucker for practical. Act. It's so good. Yeah, nice. and and uh, yeah, so I really enjoyed this. Uh, I don't want to say too much more, especially because Lauren hasn't seen it, and I think part of the fun is the shock value. Um, <laughs> so beyond that, I also had a chance to see Miracle Worker season one. Really Yay. enjoyed it. Uh, is that with Danny Radcliffe? Yes, Daniel Radcliffe, freaking nice. Steve Buscemi playing God, and mm-hmm. uh, Geraldine Vesewanta, I think is how you pronounce that, mm-hmm. um, playing a main character, which I'm, she's one of my favorite up-and-coming like comedic actresses, so like just to see her yeah. in the series, I love it. Um, and then the guy who plays um, Dopinder, Dopinder, right? And uh, yeah. Gosh, I can't remember his name yes. off the top of my head. Karen Sony. Yes, and, and he's yeah. really great. He's like one of the executives to God, which, yeah. which is pretty funny. That's There's tight. a Bill Maher joke in like the first couple episodes of the first season that's like one of the funniest things ever. Um, and yeah, so I would recommend it. Still making my way uh, through season two and three, but. I just started season three as well. Oh, I can't um, wait to get to the Oregon Trail one. It's going to be great. Yeah, I think. <laughs> I love Oregon Trail. I don't know. Shit. I can't decide if one is still my first favorite, yeah. but um, I, it's the same core cast and different yeah. roles yeah. each time. Yeah. So it's it's fun. Yeah, definitely. And I, I appreciated that because I thought it was just going to be, oh, they're playing the same roles like in a different setting, but it's like no. a whole new show. Yeah, and I kind yeah, of appreciate especially, that. Especially I feel like in... Well, I guess in the first season going into the second season as well, but yeah. I feel like second into third is even more kind of flipped in certain yeah. relationships as well. Yeah, so. yeah, definitely. Um, so and then I also had a chance to check out uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, um, the nice. Netflix movie that we talked about last time. Uh, yeah. Pretty fucking terrible. Um, not great. No. Like the sun, I was hoping for more out of the sunflower uh, sequence, like <laughs> more of like a shark attack kind of thing. And like it was totally yeah. like not that uh, the ending's OK. Uh, but I think this movie, honestly, for being an hour and 20 minutes, uh, A, it tries to do That's too much. Short. It's very short. It tries to do su- to do too much. It has the influencer element. There's yeah. a, sh- a, a school massacre, like school shootings oh, theme yeah. that's Great. happening under. Like one of the characters is a survivor of a school shooting, and they try to draw parallels to that between what's happening mm. with, with Leatherface. And then you also have the requel, you know, mm-hmm. elements of this where you're bringing yeah. back a character from the original, which is like the dumbest shit ever in context of the movie. Like Great. they're trying to pull a Halloween and it just, you can't, they're, they're two totally different scenarios with two totally different yeah. characters. And you can't just tran- transpose that. Oh, I've been waiting for 40 years to kill. Like it just doesn't work. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, 
So yeah, I'll just leave it at that. I think it's worth checking out if you're a Texas Chainsaw fan. Will Joel. I have fun? I think you'll have fun. Okay. I think you'll That's have fun, but it's not. Movies. It's it's very gory and very bloody in, in the modern context, even more so than the remake. So, but I still think the remake's better. I think it doesn't. This movie yeah. for me didn't have shock value, except for one moment at yeah. the end. But I don't want to talk about that. Okay. So yeah, I mean, I don't expect it to be good, but I. Like if I get high and oh, I watch yeah. this, am I, am I going to be like, oh, nice? Yeah, for the most part, for the most all part. Right, cool. That's um, all. I really, again, it's only an I hour want. and twenty minutes, so there's. That's it, all I want yeah. out of it. Um, and then finally, uh, and I'm going to bring this up because I know you've seen it as a transition to your stuff here, Lauren. But Death on the <laughs> Nile had a chance to watch yeah. Death on the Nile. All the champagne, <laughs> champagne. to fill the yeah to fill the <laughs> Nile, which that shot that line actually kind of works in context of the movie like it does yeah uh, like that whole scene is basically about like the trailer played it as oh cheeky you know like we're gonna celebrate but it's actually like her like it's a very triggering scene for Gal Gadot's character in the movie and um mm-hmm. and I think it works it, it kind of works in the context just so people know because we've ragged on that moment like so much at this point yeah um but yeah what did you think about this movie Lauren I did not enjoy it. <laughs> I agree with you. I thought it was very bad. <laughs> so, it was real rough. Uh, so unfortunately, I, I don't know if you felt this way, but for me, I think one of the cardinal sins of like a murder mystery movie is to wait till an hour in to, for the murder to happen. Um, yeah. Like you're not even you're at the midpoint by the time the murder happens yeah. in here, and then who it happens to and who happens to ends up being the killer. I can see why 20th Century Studios was so scared to release this movie because <laughs> there's no yeah. getting around the problematic uh, nature of the, yeah. the cast in this one. <laughs> yeah, I think it suffered a lot from the cast just in general, um, not just the fact that they have problematic actors in yeah. in it, um, but also like part of me gets why the cast pretty much entirely named actors all across the board for that like oh it could it could be anybody thing but then at the same time you have these big name people who do nothing in this movie yeah and you're like why are you in like this um annette benning's character i think isn't annette benning yeah in yeah she like does yeah. she's, she's nothing um character. and uh uh i mean russell brand oh it hardly does anything yeah, yeah. uh uh, what's her name? Rose from uh, uh, Game of Thrones mm-hmm. hardly does en- anything. It's I, I don't know. It just was. It left me waiting for them to do more. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I'm. I feel like I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Gal Gadot is just not a good actor. Yeah. <laughs> and having her as the main actor in this movie. It was rough. It yeah. was really rough. Yeah, even though, yeah. Um, you know, the movie kind of plays coy about, like, who is the person who dies in this, um, you know, and, uh, yeah, even yeah. With, with that, you know, looking back on the movie, it's like she's she definitely overstays her welcome in this film. Let's put it that way. I just, yeah. It, it, from the get-go, it's like it could go one of two ways based on how they did the trailers and how they start this movie off of who dies and who's the murderer and whatever. Yeah. But I just, she was not good in it at all. And it it just took me out of it yeah. way uh, too much. I will say that in terms of the cast members, the one person I did <laughs> thought was just totally killed in this movie was uh, was Emma, let's see, it's Emma Mackey, the one who played like the femme fatale character mm-hmm. uh, i thought she yeah, did a, yeah. i thought she did a really good job I, like i really well, enjoyed I her performance some of the performances were good in yeah. it 
Um, yeah. I I thought Brana did a pretty good job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's good as Perot. Some... I mean, yeah, he's good as Perot. I haven't seen uh, Murder on the Orient Express, but yeah. um, I would want to see him in in other scenarios. Mm-hmm. I just I just didn't think it was executed very well, and most of it comes down to a few people's a few key people's performances. Yeah. Um, and also just some of it, the way it was shot too. Uh, and some of the direction choices yeah. in it yeah. were just really, a lot really of visual jarring. effects, a lot of visual effects. Yeah. Um, you can pretty much tell they shot the majority of this movie against a blue screen, which yeah. is understandable considering like it's a movie that it takes is, place on a river, it, you know, but I feel like we're yeah. at a point where technology is better than what this movie ended up being. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know why it looked as bad as it did. I think part of it is because it's a couple years old at this point. So it's like we're looking at visual effects that are a couple years old, I too. Guess so. so, yeah, that could I be part so. of it. But and yeah, they I, also it's, probably just tried to bury this movie. So, yeah, they probably just like, let's just get this thing done. And like, but, and it was just on. long. It was too yeah. long. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's it for me. Uh, what, what else do you got on your what you've been watching, Lauren? Yeah, um, you guys did a couple of them, but aside from that, um, I watched Dollface season two, which is Wee. Pat Dunning's Hulu show. Um, it's cute. I think it's definitely aimed towards probably women my age, um, because it's very like best friend girl heavy storylines. Um, I will say it was a, a little harder to watch this season. I feel like because. The whole season is about Kat Dennings and Brenda Song turning 30. And I I love them both dearly, but I don't believe that either of them were 29 when they were making this movie or yeah. this series. Um, so they pulled a so, reverse Tom Holland and Uncharted? Yeah. It's just like, I don't know. I feel like the main cast is very clearly in their 30s um, and they're trying to make them play younger than they are. Um, which I don't think is necessary for the rest of the storylines they have. <laughs> but since the thir- the looming 30th birthday was such a big thing, I don't know. Maybe just because yeah. me and like I'm around that age group. But I don't know. Um, it was cute. I binged it. Uh, it's If you like Kat Denning style humor, it's, you know, it's a cute little show. Yeah. Um, I also finished Shrink Next Door, finally, hey. which I mentioned a little bit ago. I want to start um, that. It was interesting. It's definitely, um, it's not as binge worthy in my opinion. Uh, I think maybe partly because it's visually very dark. So trying to watch that during the day, at least in my mm-hmm. house is a little difficult. Um, yeah. but it was interesting. It was definitely a show that like, sometimes I'd feel like it was kind of dragging a little bit and then something would happen to bring me back in to want to see where this goes and what happens with this the storyline so i i think it's worth checking out especially if you are um either a fan of will ferrell and paul rudd or uh catherine hahn catherine hahn yes uh, yeah. um or michael showalter who okay. drives it nice. um so it's yeah it's it's kind of I don't know. I feel like a 24 in a sense, but it's, it's based on a true story also. That's what it looks like. Quite it interesting. So, but I will say their accents don't get too much better during the show. So what are they, <laughs> what are the accents supposed to be? They're supposed to be Jewish New Yorkers. Oh, okay. Copy Catherine that. Hahn is great, but as far yeah. as Will Ferrell and Paul Rudd, it yeah. goes oh, in boy. and out a lot. Okay. And it's, 
<laughs> not the most consistent thing, but it's fine. Um, speaking of New York, also I watched uh, Assembled Hawkeye. Okay, mm-hmm. hell yeah. Um, which it was, it was cool. There was a lot on that behind the scenes actually that I really enjoyed seeing how they did a lot of things. Um, and cha- how they overcame certain challenges and stuff like that. And they show you how the musical number came together too, and why yes. the musical number came together. Um, which I know is still a polarizing topic for people, but um, that was fun to see. So catch again, up on all the assembled stuff. I know I haven't watched the Eternals one yet. I think that's the yeah. only one I have left. But I, if you're at all interested in filmmaking, definitely check those out. Every episode is yeah. really cool to see. I, I watched the Eternals one, um, and it was very production. Uh, mm-hmm. oriented like they, they it literally ends like with no mention of post-production so i'm pretty really? pretty oh, pretty obvious that they like didn't want to open that can of worms in the documentary so hmm. uh, it's good though yeah uh and then i also checked out murderville which we've mentioned mm. on here before yes, it's have. will arnett's new show i haven't finished it i think i have like one or two episodes left but it doesn't the storyline doesn't particularly build, so you don't necessarily right. need to, you know, watch them in order or anything. But um, it's an improv show with a rough storyline, murder mystery party type of thing where the celebrity guest doesn't have the script. Um, and I think it's it's been a little hit or miss for me. It wasn't quite as laugh out loud funny as I had hoped it would That's be. What I've heard. Um, but some of the scenarios they put some of these celebrities in are are funny. Like I think it was the. Conan O'Brien one where he will Will Arnett just keeps dumping like hot sauce on Conan's food um <laughs> and trying to get him to like talk to the waitress That's so funny. so it's it's like fun you know if you want a, a nice like light thing to put on the background um and then the last thing is I watched the woman in the house across the street from the girl in the window nice. which is Kristen Bell's new show if you guys haven't heard about it or seen it um it's kind of a spoof on that genre. Um, of there's like, literally a movie called like the woman across in the window or whatever. There's the a woman. There's the woman yeah. in the window. Yes. I think. Um, yeah. And Kimmy is that, actually kind of in that the, genre as yeah. well. Um, that's the Amy Adams one, right? The woman in the yeah. window. Yeah. 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 Um, so it's, it's a spoof on those kind of thriller things where a lady sees something and wasn't there one about like a solve it with like emily blunt and a train too or something like that it was like Probably. the woman on the train or something like yeah know. yeah yeah and like yeah. a lot of there's like they're often based on books that are written by women like yeah so it's it's this trope and it's it's funny. I was talking to a friend of mine who watched it before I did. And she was saying like, it took her probably till the second episode to realize that it was supposed to be a spoofy type show. I've heard that. Yeah. Um, Cause it's not as outright as like, um, well, my brain is just not working right now. Not scream, but um, scary movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's not as, as spoofy as those kind yeah. of things. Um, but it is kind of, clever i think it, i think it's more clever in that regard yeah, it's not it's, it's not a parody it's like a satire almost right exactly yeah. they're they're playing it very mm, yeah. straight yeah. while also kind of um poking poking fun. fun at these stereotypes but they're they are what happens in all of these films so um but anyway it's a series and um also shout out to my buddy uh, Cameron Britton, who was also in it. Hey, Cameron. Which was a nice surprise. Um, actually, he kind of reminds me of Bob in this show, Joel, from mm. Princess Charming. 
Oh, really? That's yeah. so funny. So Cameron and I met doing this this play called The Princess Charming. Fucking my and, God, eight, um, eight years ago? Yeah, yeah. And uh, he, a character, the character he played in that is, this This character is more grounded in, in Woman in the House, mm. um, but kind of that the role that he played in princes and yeah. the the heart of the character, uh, especially compared to everything else that the world has seen Cameron in mostly on Netflix. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a different turn from, I think the public, what the public is used to seeing from him, which is, nice. which is fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's cute. I think the, the cast is really good. I always love Kristen Bell in, yeah. in anything. And yeah. um, just worked with her. She's very nice. Yeah. And I think, some of the the twists and turns in it are, are pretty good as well. So it's not it's not just kind of taking the jab at the genre, but it's also taking you for a ride and and actually building the suspense and and the whodunit element of it as well. Nice. So nice. I, thought it, yeah. I thought it was done and uh, or well done, and also uh, a more binge worthy show if if you so choose. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So. Cool. Something I will definitely um, get to when I have the time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I also started the new season of Mrs. Maisel, but there's only a couple episodes out of that so far. You know who's in that? Jenna. So look out for her. Oh. What? Yep. That's She's going to be in it. Keep, yep, keep, it. keep an eye out. Oh, My fun. friend was supposed to be in it, but we were in London, so she couldn't come back because of COVID. Uh, yeah, there's oh, a lot. There, Yeah, there was a lot of shooting for that, apparently, is what I've heard. So... Yeah, like literally my friend was asked because she used to live in New York. So the casting yeah. like knew her and she was asked to come out and do it. But it was like the week of our thesis show. And so there was no way with COVID and all the testing and everything yeah. for like her to fly back and forth. That sucks. So I know it sinks. But but so far so good in true Maisel fashion. If you like Maisel, check it out. Toy. Nice. Well, that's this episode of Pop Pop, the Pop Culture Podcast. Oh, my God. Next week, what do we got, Taylor? What movie are we going to see? What movie are we going to talk about? What are we doing? Batman. The Batman. To be specific. Yeah, no, this is going to be exciting. This is like the first real chance we're going to have to sit down and for me to just gush over a Batman movie like on opening oh, weekend you know it's like, and have, it's like Joel talking about Spider-Man yeah like to actually have two hours to talk about a Batman movie instead of like 15 20 seconds in passing during another conversation you know yeah um so yeah I mean I think I'm probably going to spend the week uh re-watching some of the older ones uh, mm, even nice. though I've pretty much seen every movie like at least 10 times yeah. some even more like Batman Forever, I've probably seen hundreds of hundreds of times at this point. Uh, but yeah, it's gonna be fun. I'm excited. It's gonna be interesting to see how this stacks up against the Nolan stuff, you know? Yeah. Speaking of the Nolan stuff, uh, we're Pop Pop is doing its first ever uh cross pollination. Uh I guess not first, because you you were on uh well, but they weren't on our podcast, so that yeah, this is the first ever like full <laughs> Cross pollination. I've been on other podcasts, but we haven't had any of them on yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's a podcast called Movie Mavens. Uh, they do a spicy double feature every week, and uh, <laughs> next week they're going to be doing The Batman and The Dark Knight. So hey. I'm going to be rewatching The Dark Knight, nice. obviously seeing The Batman, and then going on their podcast and talking about the two. And then we're going to have uh, one of their hosts, Carson Green, on Pop Pop uh, to be talking about uh, The Batman. Nice. Um, so it's going to be a fun. Yeah, that's going to be a fun uh, first ever pop pop team team up crossover event mashup 
mashup. Yeah, mashup, yeah. maybe. Yeah, a mashup. A, uh, I, I, I like team up. Let's stick with like a superhero team up film. Uh, anyway, that's going to be next week. That's I'm excited for that. Uh, but until then, Lauren, where can everybody find you on the internet? I am at underscore Miss Pixie underscore on the Instagram and Twitter. And also we are at the pop pop podcast on Instagram. We certainly are. Give us a follow people. <laughs> we love you for it. Taylor, where can everybody find you on the internet? You can find me as always on twitter.com. The, the, the safe space that is Twitter. Uh, <laughs> and then you can also find me writing some stuff for mandatory.com every now and then. So check that out. Sweet. And I'm the LA nerd. I say it about a hundred times per episode. That's uh, Instagram, Twitter. I don't know, probably LinkedIn. I don't know. <laughs> Find me anywhere you want. Send me an email at reevesfilm at gmail.com. <laughs> Tell me what's up. Tell me what you had for lunch today. I had a sandwich. It was good. Ham. I enjoyed it. Sandwich. Uh, Subway. Ham. Ham. Whatever. <laughs> uh, please come back. Next week's going to be a special episode. Yeah, I'm excited for fun. the Batman. Uh, Matt Reeves, extraordinary last name, same last name. Oh my hey. god, is it spelled differently though? It's spelled differently, but let's just pretend like I'm related to him somehow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, until then, later, nerds. Peace out. Bye. I have to pee so bad. Okay.